The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you for the wonderful introduction, and good morning. Today is May 15th, 2022, and here are the topics that we will discuss on this week's edition of the Syrian side of the Jay Rouse Show. I seen the guy go in, army style, bent over, just shooting at people, and I heard him shooting at people, and then I saw three people laying down. Mayor Byron Brown says the 18-year-old white male suspect traveled hours from outside of Buffalo to carry out the deadly shooting. You said that Donald Trump has catalyzed a very dark aspect of the Republican Party. Yep. And that you wanted to look away from that. There were parts of the GOP that we have to look at and, and be honest about what it was. We didn't, we didn't, as a broad party, look at the people in parts of the, of the base in the South and parts of the Midwest who were not motivated by free markets or limited, or limited government or individual liberty. They were motivated by racial animus. We know the vast majority of Americans uh, support um, rational uh, gun violence legislation. And it's time to put these laws on the books to protect even more people. Online radio at its best. Father God, we just thank you and we praise you for this day, Lord God. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for this is truly the day in which you have made and we can rejoice and be glad in it, Lord God. Father, we thank you, O God, that we can come before you and make our requests known unto you, Lord God. We come before you, Lord God, on behalf of those that have submitted prayer requests in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for you know all, you see all, you're everywhere all at the same time. And God, we thank you that there is nothing that can happen on the face of this earth, O God, that catches you off guard or catches you by surprise. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for you being a healer. We thank you for you being a deliverer, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that mother or that father, Lord, that's crying out on behalf of that child, whether they be sick, whether they're gone wayward, Lord God. We thank you in the name of Jesus for you being the peace, you being the calm in the midst of a storm in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for you touching that body, Lord God, that may be Lord God, ailing in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now, oh God, for you showing up on the scene, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for you being the medicine, Lord God. You being that bomb in Gilead, oh God. Father, we thank you for you being that bomb here in the United States, that bomb abroad, Lord God, wherever you are needed. God, we ask that you show up and show out. We ask, Lord God, that you arise and demonstrate your power in the name of Jesus. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise, oh God, and we thank you, oh God, for allowing us to come before you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
347-850-1272 is our call-in number, 347-850-1272. Welcome into the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning, right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best, of course, I'm Jay Rowell, and uh, once again, it's uh, Mr. Elias, the Mr. Elias Show, Mr. Elias and Jay Rowell Show, I should say. Vanessa's off this morning. Of course, Jerome will join us after his clear channel with his after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. My God, I've got tongue tied this morning. Let's say good morning to the man who gets the first and last word, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. What's going on, man? Good morning. How are you, sir? Hello, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Momo B. Good morning, Marion and Music. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. Well, you know, like we always do, we take this opportunity to uh, what I call a point of personal privilege where we kind of wrap and clap about things that won't be covered on the show. You know, something that we didn't bring up, uh, and I've had it in my queue for a very long time, Mr. Elias, about this young man, African-American man, who scored the highest uh, score in uh, SAT history, and he was an African-American. I thought that was an accomplishment, man, that, uh, you know, sometimes they kind of go under the radar and people don't reflect on those things. But when you think about what African-Americans have contributed to society, you know, I think about something as simple as a stoplight or, you know, the first mm-hmm. open-heart surgeries performed by a black man. So, you know, we sit here and we live in this nation in which, in some cases, we feel like we're second-class citizens. But to the overall art of innovation and technology and where we are today, black folks played an important role in that. There's, there's, there's absolutely nothing you can do in your daily life that uh, – Black folks have not invented or put their efforts into it. Even when you turn on the light bulb, people think it was Thomas Edison. No, it was a black man. So, you know, you think about the just everything, man, that goes on in your daily lifetime and your daily life. You know, a black person has something to create, so has has created. So, you know, but we are are always, uh, you know, they always look up us on the second-class citizens and, People don't realize that the voting rights, if you don't, if they don't renew the Voting Rights Act that that they pass like every 10, 15 years, you won't have the right to vote as an African-American. So keep that yeah. in mind, folks. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, you know, voting rights, uh, looks like a Florida judge has shut down and stopped Governor DeSantos from his illegal redistricting in, in Florida. So that's a minor victory that we can look forward to, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Any victory is a great victory, you know. Like, no matter how big or small, because they all add up, you know. I realize that. Most Absolutely, definitely. you know. Yeah, now, speaking of, uh, you know, discourse in America, the former president's being fined $10,000 a day <laughs> because he's refusing to uh, turn over paper. Now, what he, paperwork. Now, what he's saying is, is that he lost the phone. <laughs> <laughs> that has these records, and so he don't have the phone anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen to how trivial this sounds. He lost the phone, and he can't find the information. So the clock in the cash register is ching, 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 and I love it. What say you? I think they should. Have, I think they should hit him with a hundred thousand a day, and I guarantee he would find it real quick. But ten thousand, they better get away with it for some months. But a hundred thousand a day, I gotta quickly add up on him. You increase his fine. He'll stop. He'll, he'll stop playing games. Oh, you know, wait a minute. $10,000 a day. Come on, man. $10,000 a day is a lot of damn money. 
We're talking in one month, okay. three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, now add up how much he, he took in from you know when people were sending in money for him. Oh well, to get yeah, of course. Yeah, they, they'll do that. Yeah, I mean, and he, you know, they'll, they'll that continue. Money to yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, they'll mm-hmm. continue. You know, I don't understand why we have campaign, uh, campaign uh, fund, uh, camp, what is it, campaign fraud uh, uh, laws in place? Because finance, these guys, yeah. who, who, who really controls that? Oh, uh, well, uh, campaign financing, uh, they, they've, uh, they've misused funds. Come on, stop it. Have you ever heard of anyone being convicted of it? I can't think of one mm-hmm. person. Nope. Not one. Nope. And he, he, he's used that money illegally, and that's and when he paid off Stormy Daniels. To keep quiet when my, my his, his a lawyer paid off Stormy Daniels to keep quiet and, and that was from campaign funds. But what happened? Nah, it wasn't him. He didn't go to jail. It was his lawyer. Yeah, and that guy has been a thorn in his behind ever since. Speaking of uh, mm-hmm. Trump and the Trumpets, uh, six members of Congress were uh, issued subpoenas by the January sixth committee commission, and uh, and the top dog, which. A lot, a lot of people feel will be the next speaker of the house. Kevin McCarthy was uh, was issued this subpoena, and of course, he's not going to to, to uh, participate. It's amazing how you can mm-hmm. just ignore subpoenas and don't show up. And so, let me ask you this, because a lot of people are saying that they are kind of disappointed in in, in uh, uh, Garland. Uh, what's his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mayor Mar- Garland. Mar- um, Mary Garland, yeah, because you know it's like the Justice Department is not moving fast enough on a lot of these, you know, infractions and things of that nature. It's like, what are you waiting on? If this doesn't make sense to me, I don't understand why this is taking so long. You tell me. Well, you know, I don't get it. Well, you know, from what legal experts are saying, from what I what I watch on the news, they're saying he's trying to make sure he dots all his eyes and crosses his teeth, yeah, 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 you know, backlash yeah. and people won't, yeah, whatever. But the bottom line yeah. is, some of that stuff it does need to go that damn deep. You know, if you if you if you ignore a subpoena, then you you know you should be you should be fined or arrested. Simple as that. But these these, well, these yeah, people I mean, face I no charges yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, that's the part I don't get. It's like okay, okay, we're not talking about charging them for the crime in which they're being subpoenaed for. We're saying the fact that mm-hmm. you're just not showing up. You know, so, I mean, if you're mm-hmm. not showing up, then guess what? You should be held in contempt, and your butt should go to jail. I, I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. That's why people talk about there are different rules for different people. And so when yeah. you think about yeah, it, yeah. that's exactly what's going on, because people at home are saying, hell, let me, look, let me not go to a jury uh, summons, and, and, you know, if it's in an aggressive county, they're going to come looking for you. I mean, so it's mm-hmm. like, come on, guys. It ain't really that hard, mm-hmm. right? It, it really is. No, it, it shouldn't be. But you know, like I said, Mary Garland. He's man. If I was, if I was Biden, I'd get rid of him. I would. Well, Trump he can't do that no because he, he can't do that because guess what? That means that the one thing that Biden said that he wouldn't do, he'd be doing. He says, look, that guy is going to be able to operate on his own without any influence from the White House. So if he comes back and fires the guy, that's going to send a message like, okay, you're not doing what the president wants you to do. So, I mean, he can't just come back and fire the dude. It's, not, you know better it's, not, doing, it's not doing what the president wants you to do. What you're doing, you're not actually, you know, doing what you're supposed to do at your job. Because if I don't do what I'm supposed to do at my job, guess what they're going to do to me? They're going to fire me. But, so they, but it ain't setting the stone like that, though. you're not performing your job. Huh? 
It's not in stone. It ain't as simple as black and white. I mean, because you're saying, okay, well, he's not doing his job by not bringing charges against these people. You know, he has to build a case, and his and he can say, look, I got to build a case. I don't want to put this out here because I know this is going to be decisive for the American people. If I put this thing forward and it fails, um, then look at what I'm happened with the Mueller situation. The subpoena. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, okay, I'll give you that job. because, well, yeah. He's not, not doing his job. You know, you can't hand out a subpoena to make sure these people show up in court. Really? Come on. Hey, you're not doing your job, man. Come on, you got to do something. You, you know, you're not telling me you're dotting all your I's and crossing your T's. When, you, when, you, when, you, when somebody hands out a subpoena, these people say, I'm not showing up for that. I don't have to. I ain't nothing you gonna do to me. That sounds like what they're saying too. I mean, it's like, hey, I'll show mm-hmm. up when I want to want to show up, or I'm not showing up. I mean, just to, just flat out mm-hmm. say I'm not coming. <laughs> I'm just right. not gonna show up. And, and, and you can say and do what you want to do. There's nothing you can do about it. And the fact that mm-hmm. you know, he, he, you know, so I, like I said, for Mary Garland not to something as simple as hey, you know what, you were issued a. But wait a minute now, here's the catch to that, because we're not attorneys by no stretch of the imagination, and we don't play one on TV. You know, what I'm hearing, and I need to do some research on this, I'm hearing that congressional subpoenas are not, they're not, uh, they're not legally binding. It's not like if a federal judge or if the criminal justice system issues you a subpoena, that's different than a congressional subpoena. So I think probably that's your roadblock right there because there's they're not legally there's no legal they're not legally required to show up. There are no there are no criminal consequences if they don't show up. That's why they have to refer to the, the Department of Justice. But the Department of Justice, whether you know we like I mean the Attorney General's office, but you know whether we like it or not, they have to go by the rules. So if there's nothing in there legally requiring these people that they can't charge them for not showing up, then his hands are pretty much tied, right? Yeah, I would say so. I don't. I I, I couldn't say. I thought a, a subpoena was a subpoena. That's what I thought. If you got subpoena, you had to Well, show. no, I mean, no, no. Well, that's the reason why they've been defying them, man. Because the bottom line is, you know, if they don't show up, oh, well, you know, what you going to do? You can't throw them in jail, perhaps. You can't go have the sergeant of arms go and arrest them. Because remember, they were talking about doing that a few years back. Why don't you just go grab them out of their offices? Can't do that. So, so, maybe, so maybe, you know, there's some validity in the reason why he's not moving as fast as a lot of us would like to see him do. And when you use the word, you know, a lot of people like you, like you just said, when you hear the word subpoena, you thinking, okay, it doesn't really matter who issues it, as long, you know, if you've been issued a subpoena, you need to show up, and if you don't show up, a warrant is issued for your arrest. But they can't do that in this mm-hmm. case. Well, I don't, don't know think how they that can. Ask a lawyer. I yeah, ask a lawyer. I don't, I, but I don't think. Yeah, but I don't think they can. Yeah, I agree, but I don't think they can. Speaking of, uh, you know, since we're we're having these fun topics here, one more I want to throw in here before we get out of here. Um, you know, there was a study. I didn't know this until I saw this this morning while I was doing research for the show, that for the first time in a decade, white folks, uh, the birth rate for white people are going down. 
and it's not it's, it's not the leading they're, they're not the leading you know I don't know what the term to use but basically white folks are not putting in the work and so a lot of people are saying that's the reason why they were like look mm-hmm. we can't be aborting women aborting these babies because we need to replenish the white race so to speak because their numbers are down for the first time they're not leading in you know birth rates I mean that's that that was an eye opener for me and then a lot of things you know you go on some of these far right or some of these dark websites they're saying that you know what they're you know they're saying that well we have to be careful because we don't want black people marrying white you know white and black married because then you're polluting the race and now we're not going to have pure white kids that our birth rates are down give me your thoughts on this one before we head into our break well, I've known about this one because they, they've said this for years that the white race has uh, that they're, they're not they're going to be the majority. I mean, they're going to be the, the minority. minority. Yeah, yeah. They, they they said that for years, so they, that's nothing new to me. And and you know that's why I believe they're passing all the voting rights laws and all this other stuff too. So so if if they are the minority, they they, they still will be in charge. You know, they, they will still be in charge of stuff, so they they so they they won't they won't lose they won't miss the beat, and this is they they they, they will not want to relinquish that power because they know what they think is that if if they relinquish that power, that whoever's in power is going to treat them just as crappy as they've treated them. So, now I believe that huh. in all my heart of hearts. You believe that in your heart yeah. of hearts. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. So they're gonna remain in power, you know. But we, you know, we already we always talk about this on the show, the plantation mentality. I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing gerrymandering uh, at the local levels, uh, at the state levels, because they they can see the writing on the wall. I've always said, you know, it's chess, not checkers. You got to play the long game. When you play chess, you have to be thinking what three moves ahead. It's not as simple as jumping, you know, jumping one checker to another. You have there's a strategy in chess, and a lot of people don't like chess because of the fact that it's too complicated. But once again, one of the greatest games ever invented. But these people are playing chess, not checkers. They saw the writing on the wall. Like you said, these numbers have been trending uh, in this direction for a very long time. But this is the first time that the census report has actually said, okay, look, this is what's going on. You know, you guys are no longer leading when it comes to, to the birth rate. So you guys got to start looking at the fact that y'all are going to be a permanent minority. So if you're going to be a permanent minority, the only way to fix that is to do what? Let's gerrymander some stuff so we can remain in power. Good call, Mr. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. All right. Number 347-850-1272 is the JLS Show. We'll be right back after this, after an NPR News update, and we'll get into the heavy lifting of the show. It's a beautiful Sunday here. I hope it's a beautiful Sunday in your neck of the woods. You're listening yes, to the serious yes. out of the J. Ryle Show. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll be right back. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. Buffalo, New York Mayor Byron Brown says his community is coming together to support the families of yesterday's shooting at a grocery store that left ten, uh, victim families of yesterday's shooting at a grocery store that left 10 people dead and three others injured. We will wrap our arms around the families of the victims of this shooting. Uh, we will stand together 
and as difficult and as painful and as hurtful as this is, we will get through this together as a community. Police in Buffalo say they're investigating the shooting as a racially motivated hate crime, saying the 18-year-old man who's been arraigned on murder charges drove several hours to Buffalo to carry it out. Authorities say he was live streaming with a helmet camera. President Biden issued a statement after the shooting calling it abhorrent to the fabric of the nation. He's preparing to speak in a few hours at a memorial service at the Capitol, honoring law enforcement officers who lost their lives in the line of duty last year. Finland's President Sauli Niinistö confirmed today that his country will apply for NATO membership in a historic policy shift prompted by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Yesterday, Russian President Vladimir Putin warned it would be a mistake for Finland to abandon its neutrality. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby, though, told the BBC today that these are national sovereign decisions and no country has the right to decide who joins NATO. No other nation gets to veto what a sovereign state wants to do in terms of its alliances and its associations. It's not up to Russia to determine whether Finland or Sweden become NATO allies. Uh, It's up to the people of Finland and the people of, of, of Sweden. Sweden's governing party plans to announce its position on seeking NATO membership later today. Ukrainian government officials say Moscow has forcefully deported at least 2,500 Ukrainian children to Russia. And Piers Anya Kamenets reports from Kyiv that Ukraine is calling the actions illegal. Daria Harasimchuk, the children's rights advisor to the president of Ukraine, says state authorities have confirmed 2,500 children who have been, quote, kidnapped by the Russians. The Russian Federation says they are evacuating these children from dangerous areas within Ukraine. Tarasimchuk said that international organizations, including the Red Cross, are helping to find and identify these children, and there are some negotiations underway for their safe return. But it's also been reported that Russia is changing its policies to streamline the adoption of these children by Russian families. Anya Kamenets, NPR News, Kiev. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky welcoming Ukraine's win this weekend in the Eurovision Song Contest. Zelensky celebrated the winning song by the Kalusha Orchestra with a post on Facebook as Russian forces are withdrawing from Ukraine's second largest city. And Western military officials say the Russian offensive in the eastern Donbass region has lost momentum. This is NPR. I've seen the guy go in, army style, bent over, just shooting at people, and I heard him shooting at people, and then I saw three people laying down. Mayor Byron Brown says the 18-year-old white male suspect traveled hours from outside of Buffalo to carry out the deadly shooting. Welcome back at 347-850-1272. The serious side of the J.R.L. Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Uh, obviously, we're talking about the mass shooting that happened yesterday. Uh, 13 injured, totally 10 dead. 11 of the 13 victims were African Americans. The young man, the 18-year-old who traveled, as you heard in the hit, 18 hours, I'm sorry, two hours, to uh, carry out this just deplorable act, um, had racial slurs written on his weapons. One of the weapons uh, had uh, written on it, here's your reparations. Let's start right there. Mr. Elias, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out a way how we, how we have a different conversation about the same thing that continues to happen 
over, over, and over again. And, and you know, and I'm just thinking, my goodness, let's just talk and let's, let's have a conversation. Let's see what happens. But when you think about, um, you know, this kind of reminds me of really two other cases that we've talked about on this show. Uh, you know, the Kyle Rittenauer thing where the kid drove, you know, his mom drove him, I think, an hour or two, took him to Minneapolis for him to participate and kill two people and get away with murder in that situation. And then I think about the situation with Dylan Roof. Now, I was thinking, now, is this worse than the Dylan Roof situation? I don't think it is because Dylan Roof had an opportunity. He sat down with those people at Mother Emanuel Church for a few hours, participated in, in mm-hmm. Bible study, and they were very friendly. And one of the things that he said, or he was quoted as saying that, you know, he felt really bad for having to kill him because they were such nice people. So I think that is still the most ruthless. But, you know, think about this situation. You know, this kid said he became radicalized because he was at the beginning of the pandemic because he was bored. And he began to start hanging out on these dark websites that talks about the purity of the white race and how, you know, African-Americans and people of color are taking over America and we can't let them take over our country. Kind of sounds familiar, huh? What say you? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you're 100% right, Jay. I mean, it's just, this, this, is, this is the thought process, a thought process of a lot of, uh, of, of, of white Americans, man, where they feel that way. I, I work with these cats on a daily basis, and, and one guy told me, uh, the other day he said, you know, you don't like me because of my skin color. I said, no, I don't like you because you're an a-hole. I, I call it like I see it, man. You are. I, I said, I watch you. I said, I don't delete you like the other people have here because of your post on Facebook. Because I, I need to know what the other side is thinking. And I know what you're thinking. And I say, and, and because I am your union representative and I stand above you, you really hate that. And I love spitting that in your face every day. I love it. Because you got to come to me for answers, and you hate that. So, that, I mean, this, this is how they feel. This is exactly how they feel. And, you know, you learn to live with it. But I always keep my eyes open. Because, if, 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 you know, there's one guy in there that I, I you know, <laughs> I, 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 when I first started there, he, didn't even, he wouldn't even talk to me because of my skin color. And the other day he said, are, are you really leaving? Because uh, I'm retiring in two weeks. I said, yeah, man, I'm done. And this guy says to me, please don't leave. And I looked at him and I oh, walked wow. away and laughed, man. I laughed. I laughed. I was like, what is going Wow. Whoa, whoa. Where do you think but, that came from? Why do you think he said that? Because he knows that I, as a union rep, I fight for these guys. I don't care your skin color. I do my job. I don't care if you, if wow. you are a butt. Or whatever, but if if you got an issue with what's going on, I'm gonna fight for you, and I stand up for them. And a lot of these guys are scared, you know. And and that, that's that's the nature of these people. They'll sit around, and then when they get up enough courage, they'll go grab a gun, and then they'll shoot up everything. And then they, they'll say, "Hey, I, you know, you know, I was led to do this by the dark web." No man, you gotta have common sense. Common sense tells me. That everybody should have a different opinion. If you don't have a different opinion than me, if you agree with everything I said, the world would be boring. But your your, your actions shouldn't lead to you trying to kill me and blow my brains out and 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 and, and harming and maiming people. This is this is ridiculous. And for you to hate me just because of my skin color, for you to hate me because because of my skin color, 
to me, I, I, I think I think you have a screw loose upstairs. Because I, I don't hate I don't hate white folks. I don't I you know I don't I don't hate you because of your skin color. I hate you because of who who you are and your attitude. Simple as that. Interesting. Interesting. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Now I found out about this news this morning because you know yesterday I was kind of running and, and gunning and you know and, and and unusually I mean this is unusual for me not to tune into the news at all. And so when I woke up this morning and began preparations for the show, I, I saw this and I'm like, oh my god! And I heard where it was and I'm like, oh boy! So I was uh, on pins and needles because uh, I found out about this literally right before the show. And so I'm so happy that this man is in the house. Let's bring him in, the one and only Mr. Uh, Jerome Esprit, the smartest man in the world. Man, how, how are you doing, man? And uh, do you know where this location, do you know where this happened? Do you Have you been to that store before? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I've been to some cops okay. that chain is from Buffalo, and I've, you know, yeah. spent a lot of time in in Buffalo, so I'm not sure specifically where this particular store store was, but okay. I almost feel like, you know, it was one of the ones that I've gone to. You know, I mean, it's a wow. big chain, though, so it, they have a lot of stores. Wow. Yeah. Well, man, just give us your thoughts on this, Jerome. I know that I was telling Mr. Elias before, you know, at the beginning of the segment, it's like trying to find a way to have a different conversation about the same old thing. You know, and it's like, well, we sound like broken records, but guess what? God dang it, it's happening over and over and over and over again. But, you know, here's the situation, and I told you this kind of reminds me of a combination of two crimes. You know, the Dylan Roof situation and Mother Emanuel Church, and then the situation with that guy, Kyle Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse, who drove, had his mama drop him off. So this guy had plenty of time to think about what he was doing. And if you go back and look at some of the things they found on him, he was a straight-up racist, and some of the language that went back and read his manifesto, it sounds like some stuff you can hear on Fox News if you tune in tomorrow night. What say you? Right. So, you know, something, again, that this country never likes to deal with, and I can't even say that these kids are radicalized more than they're conditioned um, to be that way. And... I keep saying this, that white folks in this country need therapy. They're brainwashed to believe something that most people know is not true. And so you have a lot of people who keep saying stuff like, all Trump supporters are not racist. But if you are missing the obvious, you are. Because the obvious is that people are, have a belief system that has to do with white supremacy. So that whole nonsense about, you know, we are um, losing this country. We are, you know, everybody's having advantages that we are not kind of thing. It's just because, you know, white folks have this, you know, it is something that comes from being a colonizer, is that you believe, that they have a belief system that once they don't see themselves overt overtly like on television or in the forefront of minority communities or in the forefront of women's issues, if they don't see themselves there, they start, um, that selfishness, that, that way of looking at the world starts kicking in, like they own every freaking thing. And as a belief system that they were fed by Hollywood and, you know, just regular programming vehicles, 
that reinforce that redlining and, and um, you know, in neighborhoods, and it kept everybody separated so white folks have um, something in their belief system that they need to shake out. There is, again, there's no work for us here. You know, I can tell you how I feel about it personally, but that, you know, I don't care to do that. But the issue is always that as a society that we need to deal with this. And white folks will never deal with their own their own biases, right? And so there has to be some kind of adjustment. So if we see, if we keep patting down every little white kid that comes into every building, white folks will be like, "Oh my gosh, you you are that's that's going against us, and we're being isolated." And it would still radicalize the rest of them because they always there's this thing about your oppressor feeling like they are the victims. So that's why they have to oppress you. That's why they have to kill you. That's why they have to rape you because we are losing ground. Now, if that doesn't sound maddening to people who have sense, I don't know what to tell you. But we have to look at this stuff differently. It's not. I, I don't. I don't even know what to to even say about this. But you know, it's the reason when I hear people say things like, "Hey, black people, stop blaming white folks. Have your own communities. Have your own stuff." Black people have to have security against white people because if you have too many black people in one spot, you have to you have to defend yourself. And I know people don't want to hear that, and white folks definitely don't want to hear that. But you guys are the you guys are the threat to the black community. No matter how you slice it, we are we are your entertainment when it comes to the black community and what kind of things negative happens in the black community. But that's porn to white folks. Right? Ooh, look at them. Look at them. They're fighting amongst themselves. These are two different issues. The issue is, is that there's a there's a threat that comes at black people in particular from white folks because white folks are conditioned to believe something that is not true about black people. Hmm. Interesting. You know, uh, Mr. Elias, uh, yesterday, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, on the show last week, um, or maybe I didn't. Uh, my daughter's birthday, Mia. Uh, wow, maybe I didn't. I, I think we talked about Mother's Day, but, you know, happy belated, sweetie. We celebrated it yesterday. Um, you know, one of the, the things she wanted for her birthday, which I was like, oh, my God. She wanted to go to, like, one of, one of the most expensive freaking restaurants in Houston. She wanted everybody to be dressed up, and that was her idea of her birthday. So, obviously, you know, we, we kind of had to go through with it. And so you're in this, you know, we're in this place, and it's, you know, fine dining. You know, I mean, it's a very expensive restaurant. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to have to wash dishes at some point, right? But uh, there was this table behind us, and there was this white guy in there, and he was loud. And when I tell you he was loud and cussing, and, you know, they had to stop me because I was about to get up and confront him. So when it was all said and done, you know, I asked for the manager. I said, let me ask you something. I said, you know, people come here and pay this kind of money to sit here and enjoy themselves. The last thing you expect to get some loud mouth drunk in here, and you guys didn't even ask the man to leave. And I said, now, had had it been me acting like this, oh, y'all would have had me out of here in a minute. And they had a cop at the front, and they, well, you know, sir, we apologize. I said, this is privilege. This all, that's all this is. You guys think you can do what the heck you want to do because at the end of the day, you know, 
you know that there's this code, unwritten code out there about how America looks at white versus black. It's just a sad, sad situation that we're even having these conversations. But at the end of the day, I've had so many white folks come to me, Ms. Elias, uh, you know, not come to me, but come, you know, communicate with me through through the uh, through our shows, uh, you know, through our shows uh, messaging, telling me, you know, you guys, you talk about white people all the time. What we're doing is we're telling you something that you need to hear. We're not making this up. We're not telling you, oh, my goodness, well, you know, what happened yesterday was real. A young 18-year-old boy jumped in a car after, you know, putting out a manifesto talking about how much he, you know, talking about race and, and the cleansing of race. And, you know, he had the N-word written on one of his weapons. On another weapon, he says, you know, uh, repercu- you know not repercussions, but reparations. Here's your reparations. This is this kid's mentality. He drove two hours, and he shot 13 people. 11 were black, and 10 are dead. We're not making this up. If you don't like us talking about these types of things, then stop doing what you do. Now, I had somebody else say, well, you don't talk about black people killing black people. Oh, yes, we do. We do. Things like this happen. When we look at mass shootings like this, and a kid just goes and shoots people because, hey, you know, they, they don't look like me. What does that say about this country, Mr. Elias? What does it say about America? Is it really the home of the free and the brave? And that was for you, Mr. Elias. <laughs> well, what, Elias? You know, Jerome? Jerome made an interesting point, and I thought to myself, that, you know, yeah. when he was speaking, he said that, you know, white folks, uh, you know, they, 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 you know, they, they are, wow. they don't, uh, they don't take it seriously what we do, but let, let us, let us separate from them and get another black Wall Street going to see what white folks are doing. What, do you mean, all, what, what does that mean, though, when you say how low down we are and how, hey, how messed up we are? What? Okay. No, no, you, you said something about they don't understand what we do. Break that down for me, because I think that's important what you just said. What do you mean by that? They don't understand what we, we do. We, what does that mean? The, well, the finances that we provide for this country could, could run a small nation. It could run a small nation. Okay. And, it, and, and if we stop putting our flavor, our style, and uh, everything else we put into this and, and, and put it into our own communities, White folks will find us some way to come in and destroy it, like they did back back then. This this is how they feel because one thing white folks understand is that M O N E Y, and if you take that out their pockets, guess what they're going to do? They're going to find some way of getting it back. That's how they run. That's how they roll, and they've always been that way, and they're not going to stop. So you know, we can run. We can run. We can run. We can run a small nation with what we spend, and and. Uh, things that we buy, uh, things that we add to the, the, the culture, everything else, we can run a small nation. But they, <laughs> we haven't figured that out yet. But when we did in the 20s with, like, Black Wall Street and North Carolina, they came in and they destroyed it because they didn't like to see that. And they never will like to see black folks succeed because once, once they realized if we got together, there's no, there's no stopping us. 
Go ahead, Jerome. Go ahead. That's part of what the problem is. So we can go back and look at this. They kept calling them race riots, but there was no rioting on the black people side. There was white folks coming into black towns. So whether they came into Opelousas or Galveston or Tulsa or Rosewood, like there's like documented at least 20 cities that when there's a bunch of black folks, white folks will make up a reason and come in there to destroy um, destroy or disrupt life as anybody else knows it. And, again, it's a part of their pathology. Like we need to – they need to have a conversation about that. We don't really, but we need to know what's going on. Like I, I always believe this, and, again, I'll say this for the record, I am not writing this because I have been asked to write this um, – for the last couple of years, but there really needs to be um, just kind of an understanding on how to deal with white folks in certain situations, right? Because the truth is, is that history is not just repeating itself. It is reflecting itself. And the problem is, it's not like it's on repeat. It's just what it is that we keep ignoring, so we keep projecting wellness and harmony, and why don't everybody get together and people keep running some crazy Martin Luther King speech at us that I have a dream one, like he didn't say in, you know, I have a dream, dream was in 63, in 68 he said we need to go to a more aggressive nonviolence. He realized that things were not changing, right? But we keep getting marketed that I have a dream speech because it's like, oh, if we don't strive if we don't strive for this utopia, what else is left? It's like you can't, you cannot um, strive for a utopia in a, with, in a place where you have a bunch of sick people, right? You need to, you need to actually heal somebody or at least get folks treatment because there, this is problematic. So we have to, again, we have to adjust, but more importantly. We can't keep ignoring that. So anytime someone would say, hey, the black community needs to step, especially when white folks say this, I think it's the most, like, absurd thing um, to hear white people say is, like, you should have your own stuff, or why don't y'all do this? And why? It's because of it's because of evil projected up onto us. It's the reason that we get redlined. There's a reason why we can't just get simple bank loans or when someone is trying to open a business with the same credit rating as someone white, they cannot get um, they can't get loans. Like this is across the board. White supremacy is affecting us across the board. So even though you know, I don't care how well, how that word sounds to anybody, it is just the best description that we have about how colonizers actually project their. Um, project the illusion of dominance over over one um a culture that's not theirs right so we we have to actually talk about this stuff so that people kind of understand that we are not delusioned by it now you may want to go on to national news or some other program and have people sit there and talk about you know we need to open more dialogue we need to hold hands we just need to have a better understanding it is not us it is not our work. So somebody kind of needs to tell white people the truth sometimes, that you guys, yeah, you guys are sick. Right. We need yeah. to tell them that, and they need to adjust. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Overall, I mean, you know, like you say, for the for the most part, that's what's going on. And you know, and don't misinterpret what we're saying. There are some great folks that are on that side of the fence, but we're just talking about oh, don't do overall. That, yeah, don't yeah, I am with Jerome. The truth is the truth, Jerome. The truth is the truth. The truth is the truth, man. I mean, you, no, you can't sit here and say that, that they're not good let, white folks. Let me tell you this. Let me just say it this way. Okay, so what happens is that when you negate something to, like, you're making, we're making a point, and we negate yeah. stuff by saying, oh, there's some good white people too. That's crazy because, first of all, we are not racist. We don't have no issues with white folks. It's well, never we can't been be. black folks' way to go out and be like, hey, let's just shoot up all the white folks we can find. Never. Right. But we're the ones who are constantly right. apologizing and saying, hey, there's still good white people. We still love y'all. That's a part of what their problem is. Right? Well, They're uh, not we're, dealing with okay. each other because we keep giving them an off-ramp. Stop giving them an well, off-ramp. Well, just say, deal with this and be okay. Yeah. If they listen to okay, the show. Well, let, 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 me, let me say this. Let me say this. All right, listen, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I, this is my point to this whole thing because I'm going to let Momo be in here because she's trying to get in. Here's my point to this whole thing. It's not apologizing for anything. I, I would like to think that the people that we're talking to, they understand exactly what's going on. I'm not going to sit here and act as if the whole white race are demons. And I'm not Nobody by me saying that. that Okay, well, I'm not saying, but what I'm saying is that I'm not giving them an off ramp by saying that, like, oh, well, we're going to talk about you for 20 minutes, but then we're going to also say, but you know what? There's some good people. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, the truth is the truth for me. I get what you're saying, and I can understand your, your logic behind it. And when you say it out loud, it makes some sense. But at the end of the day, for me, and I, and I can't speak for you, but for me, at the end of the freaking day, there are some white folks out there who have held signs up, who have been marching with us. Uh, I know I have a, a real good white friend. You know, she is always sending me stuff on the show. Look what they're doing to look what they're doing to our people. And she said, our people, but it's all stories related to African Americans. So I'm not, I get what you're saying. I, I definitely get what you're saying. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm going to ask that you meet me halfway. Whether you agree with me or not, that's okay. But at the end of the day, I do understand what you're saying, and I get your point. I really do. Let, let me bring in uh, Momo Beasley in here because we have – we're going to go over, but I'm going to extend it for another three or four minutes. Good morning, Momo B. Welcome into the show. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. Hey, hey, Jerome. Hey. Miss Elliot. Uh, I don't know if um, – what's her name? No, she's not. Is there. I, I you said, what's her <laughs> name? Wow. My goodness. Okay. Go ahead hey, and make your point. Anyway, good morning. Jesus Christ. I know Good you're morning, all right. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, there you y'all, go. Y- y'all, said, y'all said a whole bunch of stuff. I was like, wait, I got to remember this. I got, you know, my memory, you know, my memory, my memory. But anyway, I wanted to touch on Jay. As, Jerome, you shouldn't even yeah. say nothing about Jay backpedaling and kissing butt because that's what he do. So anyway, besides that, we are oh, <laughs> Oh, man, I ain't jumping on Jay today. I'm, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Go, go ahead and make your point. Go ahead and make your point. That is my point. How about that? <laughs> Are we done? Okay, well, we're going to break down. No, I mean, that was it. <laughs> we, oh, well, come done. on. I mean, let's go. That's that one of your points. Point. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. give me the other point. So, mm-hmm. My other point is <laughs> when you was in a <laughs> restaurant with the people that yeah. was um, doing the most, you what you mm-hmm. should have did. I'm not saying you should have got up and confront the man. That's that's what I would do. But you shouldn't do that. What you should should have done was go to the management before you got fed up when he first started acting rowdy. Because that's what they be doing to us. 
you go to the manager and say, excuse me, table number eight, they're getting kind of loud over there. Can you go tell them something, 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 and then see how it plays out from there. That's how you do that thing right there. You can't just walk Well, you know, you and I are – you. You and I are very similar because, first of all, we we were already there. They came in later. And, you know, and then it wasn't until, you know, I really wasn't listening because obviously I'm there to spend time with my daughter. But then when he got right. loud, I said, okay. And then so then I saw people, you know, I saw the, the people going over. And I said, well, maybe they're going to say something to him. And then I was about to get up and I said, you sit down because I'm like, I'm not listening to no more of this. Uh, but I didn't want to be confrontational because I'm going to tell you something. If he just said something to anybody at my table, I would not be here this morning. I'd be trying to get bail because it would have been a straight-up fight, a brouhaha up in that place. And I came close. They grabbed me one time because I'm like, I can't listen to this. But anyway. All right, well, let me tell you what. I would have been the first one to send you bail money. I probably, I would have. I'd have been the first one. Well, you, <laughs> you, well, you, you, well yeah, you'd have been the first one that got the call. Don't worry. Oh, trust me. You'd have got the call. There's no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're way over. Tell you what, Momo, be hang out with us. We're gonna have some a few minutes on the other side, um, and uh, let, let's continue to move on. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You know, uh, with here's the thing that people are concerned about when it comes to the midterms. This whole thing about abortion, right? Now, is this the is this the golden goose? Is this the sword? Is this the spike or the statecraft have been waiting for to try to turn the tide that's coming up here in November? We don't know, but I tell you what: in this week's edition of Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. People are demonstrating all over the country, and on the other side of this, I'm going to ask my folks here that, that same question, even though we're talking about something completely different. But I want to know. Great thing about this show is we're going to be able to maneuver a little bit. You're listening to the serious side. It's Kavita time. In four minutes or less, something that you need to know. We're watching rallies today in New York City, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., and Chicago in support of abortion rights. Planned marches are in response to a Supreme Court decision that hasn't happened yet, but the Leaked draft opinion points to the possibility that the court will either substantially weaken national abortion rights protections or fully overturn Roe v. Wade. NPR Cheryl Corley is in Chicago and joins us. Cheryl, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, quite welcome, Scott. And tell us about the scene there at the march. Well, Scott, hundreds of people, if not thousands, have been gathering here in a park just west of Chicago's downtown, and they're hearing some very impassioned speeches right now by dignitaries, also by some women who say they have had abortions, and by an abortion doctor that drew some big cheers. Uh, people are chanting uh, abortion is health care, abortion justice, waving signs, bans off our bodies. I remember 1973. And, you know, people here say they just want abortions to continue to be accessible. They want them to be safe. And they want to be the ones to make the decision about whether or not to have an abortion, that it shouldn't be up to the government. So they are part of this day of action that's called bans off our bodies. What do they hope the rallies accomplish? Well, you know, uh, in part, it's to let lawmakers and the Supreme Court know that there are just hundreds of thousands of people, men and women, who support Roe v. Wade. And it's an effort, too, to just have some sort of influence over state lawmakers who may end up deciding if abortion will remain legal in their state. Uh, I spoke with uh, Rachel Carmona. She's the executive director of Women March. She's one of the organizers of the marches. 
our role is to try to make our voices heard. And we know that we need to build political power, we need to build electoral power, but we also need to build community power. And so these mobilizations are trying to do just that. Carol, should the court substantially overturn Roe v. Wade, uh, and we mentioned that possibility, uh, states will then determine abortion access, and, and you're in Illinois, which could be a real center of what happens. What will the future look like? Absolutely, Scott, because abortion will remain legal in Illinois, uh, as it will in California and other states. But it means that in the areas people won't be able to have an abortion, about 26 states have already approved laws that would further limit or ban abortions. Um, and so the uh, centers here in Illinois are preparing for an influx of patients. I visited one Planned Parenthood facility in Illinois right near the Indiana border, and they increased surgery days from one to two days a week. Uh, the president of Planned Parenthood in Illinois, Jennifer Welch, says, uh, you know, people are going to have to just travel for miles in order to receive an abortion. Here's what she said. There may be no abortion access in between Illinois and Colorado. So patients could be coming to us from a number of states, a large swath of the Midwest and the Great Plains, and that's what we are preparing for. And she says and that could mean an extra twenty to 30,000 more patients. And what are you hearing from pro-life forces? You know, uh, I spoke with uh, one opponent, Eric Scheidler, president of Pro-Life Action League. He says that uh, while they welcome what could be in store for Roe v. Wade, uh, opponents here will still be on the defense. NPR Cheryl Corley at a rally in Chicago. Cheryl, thanks so much for being with us. You're welcome, Scott. Online radio live. You said that Donald Trump has catalyzed a very dark aspect of the Republican Party. Yep and that you wanted to look away from that. There were parts of the GOP that we have to look at and, and be honest about what it was. We didn't, we didn't, as a broad party, look at the people in parts of the, of the base in the South and parts of the Midwest who were not motivated by free markets or limited, or limited government or individual liberty. They were motivated by racial animus. Welcome back in. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is 54 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the Serious Side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. At its best, hope you guys are enjoying your Sunday. If you're on your way to church, say a hallelujah for us. And if you're just sitting at home drinking some coffee, continue to listen to the Serious Side of the J. Rouse Show. Uh, you know, this kind of this is almost a segue from the previous topic where we were talking about difficult conversations that we need to have to, you know, our brothers and sisters of the uh, Caucasian persuasion. Now, here's the GOP, and we talked about the manifest that this shooter had on him uh, after he was apprehended and arrested. And a lot of the things that were written in his manifest are things that we hear in political ads and on Fox News every day. So it's not a coincidence that we have people out here who really and truly feel this nonsense because they're infused with it every day. So the GOP, and you heard that hit before this segment, and I forget the guy, I think his name is Rick, I forget his name, I'm sorry about that, but he, is, he was a prominent Republican. He said, listen, 
the bottom line is, is that these people should have been purged from the Republican Party a long time ago. And now we have a problem because now we have Republican politicians who are putting out red meat out there to get the support of these people because they're trying to win primaries. The thing that's so sad about it is this, is that when you look at the fact that they're, you know, catering to these people to win their primaries, but because local and state governments are gerrymandering districts, you would think a long time ago, yeah, you can go ahead and try to reach that far right extreme of your party. But as soon as you get into a primary or a general election, you're going to lose because the majority of the Americans don't think that way. Well, guess what? If you keep gerrymandering districts, you ain't got to worry about it because then you're going to already have an advantage going into the primary. Jerome, let's, let's, uh, there's a political strategist. When we talk about how uh, the GOP has just, some people may say it never changed, right? But mm-hmm. I think it has. I think it's it's changed because now a lot of the things that were whispered in parlor rooms and that were talked about amongst their own friends, it's mainstream because of the 45th president of the United States. He provided cover for these people to come out and, you know, and walk down, walk through a grassy field with tiki uh, torches saying Jews won't replace us. He, you know, he, he's the guy that sit there and told the, the the Proud Boys to, you know, stand down and stand ready or whatever that term he used. So why should we should we be surprised that we have a Marjorie Taylor Greene and a Matt Gates and, and and a lot of these people, Mo Brooks? We have these folks that are part of the Republican Party who are spewing this stuff, and more of these people, mind you, QAnon folks, they're running for office, and there's a possibility they may win. So. What's, in your opinion, man, are we at a place in our nation's history where we should really and truly be nervous about returning to the 60s? Because what they're trying to do with political office, and we talked about this in the last segment, that for the first time in 10 years, white folks, the birth rate is the birth rate is low. And then we see the minority of people of color and white folks are going to be in the minority, I mean, I'm sorry, the majority of white of, of people of color being the majority versus white folks being the minority. If you had to put a spin on this or if you had to answer this or just give me your thoughts, man, what do you think? Do you really think we're at a point in our history where we, where we may be return, returning back to the 60s? Okay. You, okay, so – I'm laughing because I'm like, when did we ever leave the 60s? That's like a funny thing. Well, but, well okay, so. But let me, let me so, ask you this, though, before you say that, before you say that, uh, because that's a fair statement. You don't, okay. Okay. Go ahead, man, because I was trying to figure out a way to 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 to, to kind of go back with, with you on that. But uh, but we, we elected a black president, though, Jerome. I mean, that that wouldn't have happened in the 60s, right? Um, okay, so the black black president didn't solve a lot of things because technically, no, I know. the the middle of the road part. Obama was conservative as a Democrat; he was not uh-huh. liberal at all or progressive. So it took okay. that for him to actually ascend to the presidency to begin with. And you have to remember, okay. each individual race is based on what your opponent is doing too. So we just came right. out of George W. Bush tearing this piece okay. up, right? right? The country okay. is everybody and their mother is saying, "Oh, we're in the ditch. We we'll never see gas prices lower than five dollars." People were settled in that in their head 
so they could take a chance mm-hmm. on, on Obama because it was steering the ship away from the policies that put us in that position while George W. Bush was there, right? Okay. So here okay. comes the contract with McCain, and Obama was a feasible option. Now, Obama didn't move the needle very much. He put it back on track so that, you know, financial systems, like people didn't care so much about their pensions and stuff anymore. It got to a place mm-hmm. that it had stability. And what did they do? Okay. The pendulum swing, swung back to the racist, you know, xenophobic okay. kind of craziness that white folks are used to because they don't mind it. But I just want to say this while you're while we're at it. It was Hitler mm-hmm. in the 30s who actually, it's a part of his, um, you know, master race thing that was going on because okay. their birth rate was going even back then. They knew that this was going on. So some of the early mm. Hitler um, issues were that white folks were going to be, um, they were going to get spit off the planet. So what did they okay. need to do? They need to keep reproducing amongst white folks. And um, so that, that was a story that's been going on for a while, that you can scare white folks massively by giving them fear. You know, what's going to happen when you become the minority? And that's scary for them because they believe that everybody thinks like white folks. And what they don't know, and I know I'm talking on a show like white folks mm-hmm. aren't listening, but what white folks don't know is that black fo- folks in particular, our humanity is intact. So white folks believe to some degree in the back of their brain that if we had an opportunity to do to them what they did to us, that we would do it. And I am here to tell you it is not true. Black people don't think about white folks like they think we think about them. So mm-hmm. you, if you oppress people or, or um, you know, treat people badly for long periods of time, you think retribution is coming. And I think that's the big fear across the board. Obama tried to pacify him as best he could, you know what I'm saying? Look, we, mm-hmm. we ain't like that. That didn't work because in the back mm-hmm. of their brain, they're like, y'all trying to replace us. But I think we're in – somewhere around like 34 states now in the United States that white folks mm-hmm. have a negative birth rate, which means that more white people are dying than being born. But that was a natural evolution that they saw since like the 30s. They knew that that day was coming. Now, I can I okay. can give you an hour about why that is, but I'm not going to. But it is, it is something that, you know, we saw coming. Geneticists saw that coming. That's when in vitro fertilization came in around like 30 years ago because of the – um, because of those um, those issues. So okay. when you hear somebody like Bill Gates or or the Gates Foundation with the World Health Organization talking about, oh, we have too many people on the planet, and then we have the people in this country talking about abortion, we need to get rid of abortion, this is still the eugenics people's um, stance is that we need more white people on this planet. They do not want white people having abortions. I guarantee you, even in the red states, if you said only black people can have abortions, they wouldn't give a rat. Population. Uh, I think the Pope said that. I think I did it on this show from one of the news stories that he said. That um, I'll, I'll go look it up so I can quote him correctly. But the Pope said that we need to have um, more of the right people or some nonsense like that being born. They knew their population is going. Um, in the wrong direction. But let me ask so, you this. Um, 
But let me ask you this. Okay, I get what you're saying there. But I'm talking about the overall, okay, the overall environment. We look at what's going on with abortion. You know, there are states that are already saying that. There are states that are saying, okay, hey, if we can get this done, what about interracial marriage? Uh, 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 You know, so, so we're talking about all these different things, the climate, the political climate. Because of some of these people running office, some of these folks that are that, that are, are running for, to be election officials in different states, these are people who believe the big lie and said, hey, had they been in charge, they would have overturned the election. So I'm just saying overall, when you look at that partic- particular climate, does it, not, does it make you nervous? Do you think that this is something that this too will pass? Just give me your thoughts on that. Uh, no, I'm not. Um... I'm not really concerned about it. It's not like an alarming wow, thing. Okay. I think that that's. I think it's always been building to this. It's not going to hit like a critical mass and everybody's going to fall out. I think that that is in the people that is in. I think that's something that we've always. It's it's always been an undercurrent of of our climate of our reality, especially um, black people in European com- countries. It's always been an undercurrent. So even though, you know, you're seeing interracial marriage and interracial dating and all this other stuff, I think there's still an undercurrent of, like, um, of that, you know, of supremacy stuff that goes with it. Because I don't think it, it negates uh, white supremacy just because people are interracially dating or marrying. Even, I think it was about five years ago, maybe maybe ten years ago, where Putin in Russia was trying to get more black people to move to Russia. And I can tell you that had nothing to do with any kind of racial harmony. It has a lot to do with their population declining. So, you know, when you talk about it in the bigger picture, we're talking a a perspective from people on the ground opposed to a leadership perspective. A political perspective is very different on why people make political – um, political moves. It's like the Republicans, when Obama won, that they wanted the Tea Party and all those fools inside of GOP because they needed the numbers to beat the Democrats. And this is why we keep having these, um, you know, voter suppression stuff because they're constantly trying to keep the numbers down so the conservative people can win. And the only foot soldiers they had was the Tea Party people. So now that they have all these radical people inside of the Republican Party, they act like they, they didn't see that coming or they don't know what to do. It's because they empowered them because they needed the numbers. They were just loud. You know, the thing about rich people is that they're complacent and they're not going to pick it. And so they need to scare you to make you go out and do it. So with people like Mitch McConnell and, and Paul Ryan and those guys back in the days, they wouldn't squash it or quash any of that stuff because they needed the noise on the ground. And now that the the um, the tail is wagging the dog in that sense, now they don't know what to do. And that's why I keep saying to people, anytime you get a Republican saying the, the, the Republican Party is too radical, I'm going to be a Democrat, I'm like, kick them fools out. Do not let Republicans join the Democratic Party. Right? You can be big. It's already big tent, and it's already dysfunctional because it's so big tent. But when you start adding more conservatives into the Democratic Party, and um, that means that you're still watering down the values of that party just because you're allowing those people to move over. 
So even when I see things like Morning Joe and those guys extend themselves an extra hour, and I'm watching the news get more conservative by the day. Even even the the so-called liberal ones are conservative. You watch the moves that CNN was making, all of that. This world and the country is getting conservative because white folks, by default, will, um, in their pathology, ends up doing this. So we have the Tesla guy trying to buy Twitter, for example, right? And so you would think, why would that do risk SpaceX? Like he's literally using shares of SpaceX and Tesla to buy Twitter. And so their shareholders, you think, would naturally be like, what the hell, heck are you doing? Because we're talking a space program to buy Twitter. You know why he's doing it? Because rich people like to control the thoughts of everybody on the ground. Having people on the ground fighting gives them more power. So the first thing he said was, oh, we're going yes, to lift the ban on Donald Trump. You're like, why would he do that? He's just another rich guy that likes chaos because it helps keep them in power. As long as you are fighting, you won't focus on the stuff that they're doing. Now, personally, I don't think he's going to buy Twitter. I think that yeah, I think he's going to take a yeah. billion-dollar buyout after he changes their policies and try to get them to put more conservative people back on Twitter because that's how they keep power is the radicalization yeah. of the people on the ground. They're watching them. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. No, finish your thought right, real quick. Yeah, I was going to say they're, they're watching them like um, – Rats in a maze or an ant farm is how rich people are playing the people on the ground. So every time something happens, like a mass shooting and all this other stuff, I think they pretty much pretend to be upset. And then they say, hey, everybody go out and get more guns. Because the chaos on the ground actually keeps them from looking at policies and, and changing, um, you know, and changing policies. So you stack uh, a conservative Supreme Court. Everybody pretty much let that go. Oh, they're going to do the right thing. We interviewed them, and that's crazy. And when they start doing radical things like this, this country has gone through this before. It's gone through it after the Civil War. It's gone through it after Reconstruction. It has had very wide pendulum swings of conservatism until people just people got tired of it, and then they fade into the woodwork. And then they come back out. Part yep. of the pathology, again, it's something that we need to, you know, teach in school and deal with, um, you know, we need to deal with this and, and dealing with people in school and learning civics and all the other stuff to give, keep them engaged. Yeah, yeah. Because people's belief yeah, system don't believe that something drastically is going to happen, but it is happening now. Yeah. Mr. Elias, we have a few minutes left here, a uh, couple of minutes here. Give me your thoughts here real quick on um, – are you surprised? Do you do you feel that uh, the political environment is uh, scary, and that uh, based yeah. on you know about abortion, yeah, abortion, and you know you're talking about interracial, you know, abolishing of interracial marriage and all this nonsense? Do you feel that? The, are you nervous about you know the path, or the trajectory for this country? Oh God, yeah, most definitely. I say that every week, man. Look, they are they are planning. They're putting people in place to, to, to in, in, alone in just in Georgia to say if Fulton County votes and they vote heavy Democrat, they can just disavow all their votes. This is happening all over. They're putting people mm-hmm. in place to stop us from winning elections. 
And people don't realize this is what's going on because all they look at is what's going on in their pocketbooks. They don't realize what their freedoms are, what freedoms are being taken away from. And all they care about is, hey, man, the stock market was way much better. It was a lot better when Trump was in office. I said, the stock market, and I, and I look at him and say, how much money did the stock market lose? It's your stock that you're investing in, investing in clean energy. These are the things you need to invest in. They're, they're giving you the clues of what to invest in, clean energy right now. That's what's going to make you money. Oil stocks are making, are making me money. So these are the things you got to invest in. But a lot of people care about them, them, them dollars, man. That you know, This is what was happening when he was in office, and he was more concerned with the stock market. I don't want to hear all that. Right now you're trying to stop me from voting. Right now you're telling me that even if I do go out and vote, that my vote is, you're going to say my vote wasn't, wasn't legit because of you didn't feel like it that day. This is, this is, this, this is where we're getting to. And he's, they're putting these laws in place to, to harm us. And no matter how many people vote, if they don't vote in the right direction, these people can overturn the election. And that's the bad part of it. That is the bad, because it's not going to be a free and fair election. It's going to be an election that says, I don't like the way you voted, so I'm not going to count your vote. And that's what it's coming to. And people don't realize it. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Momo B, let me give you a couple of minutes to uh, add a comment or two. What say you? I was just, I was just thinking about um, the people who want to ban abortions. I, 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 I didn't understand why, after all these years, we went through this already. I don't understand why they care. Like they act like they care about human life. Obviously, just look around. They don't care about human life. I don't even understand who these people are. They, we got right. drug addicts, drug dealers, homeless, welfare, poor, projects. When did you start caring about human life that you want to ban people from, uh, if, I, if I don't think I can afford this child or if I'm in a predicament that I don't, whatever it is, I didn't know they gave that much caring about people having babies. I really didn't. I never thought that. I never understood it. And I still don't, especially now. As I'm getting older, I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I, I personally, personally, like, if my daughter got pregnant, my daughter's 21. If she got pregnant and for whatever reason she said she didn't want to keep it, I would try to talk her into keeping it. I'm not against abortion, but if it's somebody in my family that's related to me, I'm going to try to talk them out of it. Because I like babies. I like kids. I like, you know, I like them. <laughs> I want them around. So I, 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 I'm not going to say, yeah, let's ban abortions. Let's ban. I'm not going to say that because everybody has their own decision to make in their own life. But if you're related to me, you're not having one. But that don't say I'm going to go out there and say, yeah, let's ban abortions. Because <laughs> wait, why? Wait a minute. I wait a minute. You just contradicted yourself. You said people have the right no, to make decisions in their own life, but if you know me, you ain't having it. Oh, okay. Well, people no, in your no, family no, don't have the right. If it's, if it's related to me, my daughter's child would be my grandchild. We're not getting rid of that. I don't care what nobody okay. else do with theirs. Okay. But they have a right to do what they want to do with theirs. That's what not what does. I want my daughter to do with hers. That's all I'm saying. Oh. It is going to be her choice. But we already know her choice is going to be my choice. But whatever. 
anyway, I just didn't know all these people that don't know people want want to be in my business and want to tell me or anybody else what to do with mine. That's my point. Mm-hmm. You don't even care about us. That's obvious. You don't give a damn. And then to say, oh, the um, there's less white people having babies. Of course there is. Look, look at them. They, there's more. When I was growing up, you went to class and you knew who was black and you knew who was white, and then you had the Puerto Ricans. And that was it. Now you go to school, you don't know who's who and what color is what color. Everybody's mixed, so so what are you talking about? And I think they're mad at that. They don't like all that. They want to be white, white, white. But that white stuff went out the window a long time ago. My daughter had people in her class. I'm like, what is this? Who are they? I don't know. But I know one thing, that the older... Hello? Am I still talking to you? Oh, uh, yeah, but we're going to break. We'll be back after this. Oh, my God. This girl here, boy. Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, co-workers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress, and so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. Together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Never took up when I gave it down 
know the vast majority of Americans uh, support um, rational uh, gun violence legislation. And it's time to put these laws on the books and protect even more people. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. As you can see, the theme of this show, really what happened in upstate New York, uh, has really set the tone for this morning's show. You know, the young man who killed all those people, he actually purchased his weapon legally. So it kind of goes back to the argument from the other side saying, well, wait a minute, you can put in all the drugs, I'm sorry, you can put in all the gun laws in America, it's not going to prevent mass shooting. And the Democrats are saying, yeah, but you know what? In some cases, it will. One life is one life saved is one life. You know, that's that's what we want here. So as we continue the conversation, Mr. Elias, let me go to you because, you know, you're an avid uh, gun owner. And, and, you know, but you also believe in, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, fairly decent gun laws. But, you know, let's let's address what the critics are saying. You know, we can put in all the, the, the gun laws that you want, but really laws are just to keep honest people honest. Because remember, Chicago and Illinois have some of the strictest gun laws in the nation. But every, you know, but you think about it, every weekend, you know, there are mass shootings and killings in Chicago. So when the other side say things like, well, okay, yeah, but that's not going to stop it. Every time, you know, every time there's a mass shooting, people want to start talking about gun laws. Hell, it ain't going to change nothing. So what are we talking about? What would be your response to those people? Mr. L.E.S.? Look, man, let's just call it what it is. In Chicago, right next to Indiana, we got what they call a gun show loophole, right? So what you can do is walk walk into a gun show and buy the amount of guns that you want to buy from anybody. A private seller that's walking around saying, hey, look, I'm buying a gun. Let's close let's call the gun show loophole. Let's, let's, that's the first thing you need to do. Because right now, I can sell any gun I want to that I got to somebody. There's no paperwork involved. I don't even have to make sure this guy's not a criminal. I don't even have to make sure that this guy is, is, doesn't have a felony record. All I had to do is just sell it and get my money from him. Trust me, it, it, it works like that. So there you go. There's one that needs to be shut down with the gun show, the gun show loophole. That's one. The other one is the ghost gun that, that Biden is trying to get rid of. What, you, what people can do is go off the Internet and buy different gun pieces. Vanessa talked about this last week. You can buy a gun, this part from this part, this part from that gun, this part for that gun, this part for that gun. And you can put that gun together, and that gun is not registered. And guess what I can do with that gun? I can do anything I want to it. It's not registered. The gun reform needs to be reformed. It does. Let's call it what it is. Let's call it what it is. But, but you're not answering the question, though, there. about – but look at Chicago. But, so, but, but well, even look, if you get caught with a gun – well, no, if you get caught with a gun in Chicago, do you know what? I mean, listen, man, those are, you cannot be, every time I drive home, when I'm driving through Illinois, I'm nervous. So I'm like, if I get pulled over, they find this weapon in this car, who knows what's going to happen? So, uh, well, Illinois has passed a law. Well, you, can, you can, got, as long as you got a permit, you can carry. As long as you got a permit for Illinois, you can carry. And if you separate your gun, from your, 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 if you separate your clip from your gun and there's no bullets in your gun, you'll be perfectly legal to drive through Illinois. 
I'm not understanding your point. So in Illinois, has well, I'm not, well, I mean, listen, I'm not understanding any of this. I, I don't, I mean, I just think that, you know, like racism, we're going to always have gun situations. We're gonna always going to have mass shootings. Every time, you know, you look at what's going mm-hmm. on here in Texas, you know, the bottom line is that now you don't even have to have a permit to, to carry. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like and the wild, wild said, west. And, and then you say things are getting worse in Texas now with guns, with, with people getting shot. Well, I mean, it's all over the nation. It's not necessarily Texas. It's all over the nation. People well, are getting you, shot and killed. You, you, you have a national complaint about how crazy it was there and people well, getting shot well, on well, and people Well, I mean, but that's everywhere. Now. I mean, yeah, but I, well, I don't no, know if that has anything to do. You just made an argument well, for the other side. I'm making an argument for this side. I'm you not making an argument. I'm just, no, no, I'm not making an argument. My question it's a legitimate question, right? So if we're saying that, you know, you could put in more gun restriction laws, there's no way you're going to stop people from doing what they're going to do. But if one life saved is one, you know, listen, one life, one life loss is one too many. So I agree you put something in place, maybe that'll deter some, but you're not going to get, people are not going to get shot and killed by guns anymore. Because we just got this Hollywood mentality that we have to carry a weapon. You know, we have to be strapped. We got to, you know, it's just crazy. I was watching Friday out of, you know, out of all the movies. I was watching Friday the other day. And the part where, you know, John Witherspoon walked into Ice Cube's bedroom and saw him with the gun after Big Worm, Big Big Worm said he was going to shoot Smokey. I know this is too much information for some of you guys, but that's okay. And he was like, what you need that for? He said, I need to protect myself. And he said, put it down and put your hands up. He said, you kids are sissified today. He said, put your hands up. He said, see, you got to live to fight. You're going to take a behind kicking, but you got to live to fight it, but you'll live to fight another day. But that's not the mentality anymore. I mean, we talked about well, where uh, this, this young teenager, this it was messing with this old man. Old man was swinging with him at a cane. The dude just turned around and shot him. See, here's my point with the gun with the, with the gun stuff. You know, if you have okay. to have the, every gun registered, and 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 if your gun gets stolen, there's there's gonna be times when people break in the house and they steal guns or whatever, and you report that gun stolen, and that's fine. But if you have a gun and it's registered to you, and if somebody and you sell that gun and you don't register that gun and let them people know that you sold that gun, then there should be a crime. There should be, there should be a crime for that. There should be a penalty for that. There should be. But right now there's not. And that's how criminals are getting their hands on gun. That and the ghost, ghost laws. Okay, let me ask you this. I, so I is this a situation? Michael K. Williams had a show on. Who? Michael K. Uh-huh. Williams had a show on God Rest His Soul. But he, they, they showed a guy that would drive from Atlanta to New York, buy all these guns in Atlanta, and drive to New York and sell them and make a men off of them. Now, how did he do that without without getting caught? Because there, there, there's no, you don't have to register the gun. He just bought them. Okay. Same, let me, let me ask you this. So is this? Okay. But let me ask you this. Is this collateral damage the price of democracy? Because you don't have these issues in, in overseas. You can't carry, you know, you don't have this in Germany. You don't have gun violence in Germany because they're not allowed to own weapons unless they're hunting. You don't have it in, in you know, in Great Britain. So is this just, is this just, you know, just collateral damage? This is a part of a democracy. This this comes with a democracy. Wait, wait a minute. What comes with a democracy? 
The killing? The fact that people can carry guns and you're going to have gun violence. It's not going to go away. You can't tell people they can't carry the guns. Well, you know, some states are, okay, so some states are going buck wild. Now, last week I was in Atlanta for a little bit, and even talking to to young people, um, Uh you know, Georgia doesn't, um, you don't have to have a permit no more. You can just open carry. And that's Same crazy. thing here in Texas. Yeah. Right? So so the problem is is that if guns are, are readily available to you, that is your first right. option in conflict. Like you just pull out a gun right. and shoot somebody. I, yep. You know, I'll tell you what I tell those kids. I think people are cowards. You know, there was a day people come punching your face. You have a little bit more right. heart to go look somebody in the face and have a conflict with them, but you can shoot anybody from a distance. Like, that's crazy. Uh, interesting. And so yeah. to say that, you know, that's not going to stop people from getting guns if you have gun restrictions is 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 not accurate. I think that if you have gun resist, um, people will literally have to go home. They'd have to prove, like, they would have to have a permit. You'd have to have a reason to have a gun. And, like, when you have conflict, you have to deliberately go get that gun. But you should not be walking right. around here reckless with guns. Because it does not, it doesn't, um, it's going to cause more gun violence, just having them readily available. Right, so, I agree with that. You know, yeah, and so that's what I'm saying. So when Texas and Georgia and all those guys are like, oh, yeah, everybody should carry a gun, they don't even know what they're asking. But what they're asking for is more gun violence. I'm not saying that. Right. We, you know, I don't believe in um, saying that people shouldn't have guns. Because I think I must have read this, the, the Supreme Court ruling that was right after Reconstruction, right after the Civil War. The Supreme Court ruled that if you take guns in the South, you're going to take it away from the people who need it for protection, which meant that black people were being tormented by the Klan and all this other stuff, and they were trying to restrict guns in those areas. And the Supreme Court ruled you can't do that. So you're going to have all white people with guns and then black people with none? Supreme Court said that you cannot um, restrict other people's use to, of of, um, of guns, but you can restrict the type of guns. Mm-hmm. So there's a ruling, I think it was Alito, maybe not Alito, who was the, the Supreme Court guy who um, he died in office, he was a Republican, and they held up, um, they held up the seat for Obama. Can't um, he's uh, yes. It was it Scalise? No. Scalia. Yeah. Scalia. Scalia. Like, like wasn't it Scalia? It was Scalia. Yes. He, yeah. he cited um a case that was um from the 1800s that said yes, you can restrict weapon weapons because there's a case that says that you couldn't walk around town with an axe, right? Like. You cannot cause public torment just because you say, oh, it's a weapon. They knew that that was causing fear and terror. So the Supreme Court will allow you to restrict certain weapons. Like, you know, nobody needs a a weapon of war, right? So if you need it for self-defense, you don't need to have, like, you know, 500 rounds of nothing, right? Call the police. You have to fire 500 rounds. You can get to a phone is the problem, Right. right? So. He even made the case that, yeah, you can restrict some some parts of that, but 
for people who are adults and um you know have you know um permits and are allowed to carry weapons they should carry them they should be able to have them so don't don't get mixed up with democracy and freedom not not democracy and freedom but i'm saying like um capitalism and all that stuff with the right to carry a gun because the right to carry a gun in the united states has been about robbing people it's been about tormenting and taking so kind of be a little bit clear on what kind of society that you want but i don't believe in restricting gun access more than i believe in that it should not if you have an illegal gun they should probably take Mm -hmm. it I don't think – I'm not sure you should go to jail for it, but I think that they have to do what they can because we have children. Um, this is a public health risk right now. So you have mass shootings and you have children with guns. So you got to mm-hmm. do something. So you well, get yeah, I, I you shouldn't say, yeah, you shouldn't say you should be able to go into grocery stores and movie theaters and all that stuff with no gun. You know, yeah. that doesn't even make yeah. sense. You're right about that. It doesn't make any sense at all. What about you, Momo B? Give me your thoughts on this uh, real quick on uh, this whole thing with gun laws and the restriction of gun laws and, you know, with gun laws, you know, stricter gun laws, would that help uh, curve the violence and mass shootings that we're experiencing, you know? I don't think it would it, it would help. I mean, laws are laws, and they're made for a reason. So I don't mind them making laws about whatever they feel is going to help um, make people just got to go through more changes to get what they're going to get mm-hmm. anyway. But uh, right. it's, gonna, it's not going to help with these with, what's going on out here. It ain't going to help at all. The, the people I know yeah. that own guns ain't got no gun law, ain't got no permit, ain't got nothing. So, so I don't even understand what we're talking about. Yeah, there you, there you go. I mean, it is what it is. You're absolutely correct. I don't think it's going to make a uh, a big, big difference. I don't think it's going to be something that we can say, well, you know what, hey, listen, those new gun laws now, you know, the murder rates are down or whatever. I just think that, you know, when you look at the definition of, of uh, of a mass shooting, I think it's two or more people that are shot or killed or whatever. I can't remember. But at the end of the day, I just, you know, you just got to continue to pray and be diligent. All right, we'll step out, take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Serious Side of the J. Rowell Show. Online radio at its best.
Sunday morning right here on the DJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. One of my favorite songs, Say, 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 Say. Hope you guys are enjoying this beautiful weather. It's a beautiful day, Houston. Hope you guys are enjoying it where you are. Hope you guys are experiencing some of the great, 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 great weather that we're experiencing as well. Just a beautiful time of the year. Not too hot, not too cold, but it's just right. As always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me say, let's say good morning to the Momo Beezy and the Heezy is in the house. Good morning, Momo. How you be? Good morning, good morning. That was my jam, Oh my God, okay. Let her do the thing and let her do the thing. <laughs> All right, Jerome is in the house. What's up, Jerome? How you doing, man? Good morning. Good morning, man. Good. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Listen, are we uh, are we doing some things today or what? Later on, top of the you. hour? What we got going on? I got, I got we, we got some stuff. We got some stuff we talked okay. about. Okay. All right, well, good, 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 good. <laughs> good, 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 good. All right, got some stuff to talk about. Well, it'll be me riding with you today because Mr. LES obviously is doing what Mr. LES does. It's the travel season for the man, so he is on his way to an event. Congrats, take congratulations to uh, Carmen for me. Beautiful daughter graduating. It's a beautiful thing as always. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. So we continue to have conversations now. 
here's something I thought was interesting. Clarence Thomas this past week was asked, he mentioned, he says, well, you know, the leak of the abortion memo is a stain on the court. Now, <laughs> let me tell you once again, Clarence Thomas said this. Clarence Thomas. You it's know Clarence Thomas, right? Stain on the court. Yeah. 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 I got you. It's a stain on the court, Jerome. Because this is, re- you know, th- this is appalling that this leak uh, w- w- was uh, released to the public. Clarence Thomas said this, the same guy that was talking about pubic hairs or coke cans back in the day when he was looking at uh, uh, Nita Hill's booty. The yep. same guy who voted out of all the justices, the one guy that says, oh, I'm not going to vote to allow the phone records and information from the Trump administration to be passed on to the committee. He's the only one. And here we find out a few weeks later that his wife was in detailed conversations with Trump's chief of staff. She attended the January 6th rally that was uh, held right outside the White House. She, there are there are text messages that says you cannot let them take our democracy, Mark. You got to fight, fight, fight. My best friend, uh, I talked to my best friend, and he feels the same way or however she worded. And everyone knows that she refers to old Clarence as her best friend. Now, a guy by the name of Clarence is this, I, 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 you know, man, this, Here's why I have always said that we have to stop putting our faith in human beings because they're human just like us. And for them to have lifetime appointments, you know, you mentioned it during the last segment, how, you know, these guys lied. You know, the beer guy, the guy who was accused of funneling a woman, and he still became yeah, a I Supreme like Court justice. Yeah, <laughs> I like beer. Off. Yeah, I like beer. Like beer. Me and Speak and whatever. Like, he was like, what was the guy? We went to the fifth grade Yep. We drink beer. We like beer. You don't like, do you drink, Senator? I mean, he was, I mean, so this guy is a Supreme Court justice, and he lied. And, you know, so here's the thing, man. So you have Susan Collins and, and Lisa Murkowski. Well, you know, when we met in our office, he assured me that Roe was the president and he would take I am highly disappointed. Okay, really? There's nothing else to learn from white folks is that they will lie to you and do the complete opposite. Again, uh, let that let that set for the record. Because this, my uh, friend is a lesson that we all need to hear is that just because they said it don't mean that they're going to do it. Right? We right. got we got we got hundreds of years of precedence for this. You know, as the Native it's, Americans. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that he would even let that roll off his lips. <laughs> you know, so it's it's you know, you you go back the Kevin McCarthy leak tapes tell us a lot too. These people will say anything in public to be liked, but their deep feelings, like, I've had enough with this. I had it with this guy. I'm going to tell him to resign. And then a week later, he's down there in Mar-a-Lago kissing the ring. And Lindsey Graham, you know, he, he, a tape was released this past week saying he was saying wonderful things about Joe Biden after the January 6th insurrection. And then guess what? He came right back and... You know, uh, the Republican Party, I don't see people say that the Republican Party can go forward without Trump. I beg to differ. 
I think that in order for us to move forward, we need Trump. What? I cannot Jerome and help me talk me off the ledge. I can't understand how this failed businessman who did not people within his own party, within his own cabinet were saying he was dangerous. He was talking about shooting missiles into Mexico. I mean, right. Just completely ignorant of the the, the prompt and ceremonies and the, the, the the, the, you know the duties of the presidency. He didn't know anything about he, he, what country was that where he didn't even know where they were. And, and and so this guy, this one man, has a grip on the Republican Party. Man, help me understand that in the few minutes we have left, please. Well, you know what? I cannot help you understand that. Their whole thing is when they get out. You know, Republicans are more vocal, I think, that when you start going on and their conservatism kicks in from them watching an endless stream of Fox News. So Fox News is not news, and they're constantly feeding bad information. So how do you combat that? So as a, as a politician, they're going out trying to tell these people the truth, and then they keep shouting them down. So they're like, okay, well, if that's what you believe – that I believe that too. And so they're just living to fight another day. Just They're just pacifying them. So when it comes down to it, they won't say anything against the folks that are countering or, or who are giving them bad information. They just play along just to get the vote. And mm. one of the things that we don't talk about is, you know, what's a better way to combat that? We don't talk about it because that's not their issue. They're like, hey, it's just yeah. easier for me not to say anything. That's why so many Republicans yeah. are choosing not to run for re-election. They're like, we can't fight that. We're just going to go with it. Oh, wow. I'm not sure if that talked me off the ledge, but who knows. All right, coming up next, Confident <laughs> uh, NPR News update. We're only a few minutes away from on a need-to-know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Spree. And then also, uh, we're also a few minutes away from uh, – you know, state's case, past the state's case. So we have a lot more coming up in a very, very short period of time. You listen to the serious side, 347-850-1272. You guys are in the house. Uh, Momo B is still here as well, getting her daily dose of the news since you don't listen to the news. Momo B, this is for you. We'll be right back after this. Warned of the legal implications the president could set for queer and interracial marriages and contraceptive access as well. Abortion rights is just the tip of the iceberg for equality in America. Some signs called for expansions of the court. Protesters promised to fight back against the Supreme Court's anticipated decision. For NPR News, I'm Caroline Smith in San Francisco. In the nation's capital, thousands gathered at the Washington Monument before marching to the Supreme Court, which is now surrounded by two layers of security fencing. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News. How do we reinvent ourselves? And what's the secret to living longer? I'm Anoush Zamarodi. Each week on NPR's TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey with TED speakers to seek a deeper understanding of the world and to figure out new ways to think and create. Listen now. 
All right, folks, it is time for Pastor Steve's State Your Case, where we read comments from our world-famous chat room and from social media sites that we follow throughout the course of the show. And unfortunately for you, chat room folks, especially you, Kavina uh, man, Mr. Elias is not here, so he didn't pass on any comments that you may have put in the uh, chat, so I apologize, my brother. But, you know, you can always go to Instagram to the J. Rouse Show and put your comments there to make sure that they get read, but uh, that's okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure what you said is always meaningful because that's the kind of brother that you are. But in the meantime, I do have some comments from social media pages that we were monitoring throughout the course of the show. Let me read a few of them to you, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, Pastor Steve is, you know, the namesake of the segment says, uh, Peace and blessings, family. Great topic, guys. Great topic, guys. Excuse me. Love the back and forth between Jay and Jerome. Like you said, Jay, I completely understand the message that Jerome is trying to convey. Let's not water down a difficult topic. Truth hurts, and sometimes it needs to be delivered raw and uncut, but I also completely understand Jay's point of view as well. By stating the truth, this should not diminish the overall message. So I guess both of you guys are right to a degree. My brothers, you guys are a gift, and I hope that people are recognizing as much. Man, we're a gift pastor? Well, I appreciate you saying that. All right, uh, Jeremy from Palm Springs, Florida, he writes, Today is nothing like the 60s. Interracial marriages and biracial children at a rate that would have never been tolerated back then. Racism will always, always exist, but to say we haven't made any progress is disingenuous. I don't think we're saying that, Jeremy, but okay. That's the way you interpret it, I guess. All right. Here's one. Right. I'll go. You want to comment on that real quick? I do. You know what? To yeah. say that it's disingenuous is just pretty much blowing off the fact that we have not moved very far. The same attitudes yeah. are, are in place. There's just a different marketing around having interracial couples and you know, yeah, white people don't spit at you and throw pennies at you like they used to. Like, is that progress? Right. Because they still have the same damn attitudes, and black people are still getting killed by the police at the same rate. So where's progress? Do you want to uh-huh. measure that by, you know, how much penny candy costs now opposed to back then? <laughs> like, you know, what are you measuring? Uh-huh. We're still uh-huh. black, and I can tell you the progress is not substantial. It just looks uh-huh. better. There you go, Jeremy. See, you got that. See, you got that guy's hair up on his back. He came at you, Jeremy. He came at you. All right. So, uh, Helen. Oh, here's another good one. Helen M. Helen, I can't say your last name. You gave me a full name, but I'm just going to do M. Says uh, from Trenton, New Jersey. Um, I have a simple question. As a white person, why should I continue to listen to this show? Well, Helen. Um, that. Yes, please, Jerome. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I was going to say the same thing. I don't know. Well, maybe, (laughs) Helen, let me me take a stab at it. Maybe, Helen, because sometimes uncomfortable truths are what you need to hear. Don't look at this show as us bashing you. Look at this show as constructive criticism. I've always said to people to me that if you have constructive criticism from me, I'm going to listen. Because you're not telling me this because you don't like me. You're telling me this because you want me to be a better person. So maybe that's the spin that you need to. I'd be curious to see if you're here next week. Okay, well, maybe not. You're inspiring me to be a little bit more serious about this. Okay, so now I will will say this. Thank you, Jay. I'm changing my mind on this. All right, so the reason that you should or should not listen to the show is because – 
we are we are talking from a perspective that is not a brainwashed perspective of mainstream media and white supremacy. We're just telling you some things that may be hard for you to hear, but they are truthful and honest. And so from our perspective, we don't look at it in a black and white kind of sense. You're feeling that because of whatever bias is going on in you is taking a hit, and you're feeling some kind of way about it. But malice is not coming from our heart. We do not have give a rat one way or another. That's why I said that when, it, when I first said it. I don't care if you listen or not. But what I'm saying to you is honesty is honesty, and it, and it feels some kind of way. So just examine your own personal biases and why you feel that way about what we're saying, because we're not saying this to hurt your feelings. We don't know if our audience is black or white. We're not catering to one or the other. These news stories are dictating the perspective that we're coming from, and this is coming from black folks' perspective, coming through the eyes of people of color. And you need to either live with that or not, but you cannot keep dictating under the rules of white supremacy to tell us how to make you feel. It is not our job to do that. So either you get to have an honest perspective or go back in your bubble. But I'm not telling you which one to do. I'm just telling you you can't dictate what we're going to do. Wow. What That's right. Said. And I would there like to go. say something. I would like to say something. Yes. Yes, um, Momo. Yes. Uh, um, okay. Uh, dear Carrie, if you have something to say, or you you could just press one and say it. The show is open to anybody who want to conversate. We all got, we all can talk. You got a voice. You can say it. Get on the line. Anybody she said, dear Carrie. There you yeah, go. You're yeah. who she said, three four seven eight five zero two seventy quadro. Let me help Momos. You you can do that on this show, but on next show you can't. We don't accept calls in because we're giving out news, so we don't do that. That's right. Di- Not open now. Dialogue is for suckers who just want to keep stirring up mess. I don't believe in that. I believe that sometimes you have to give information so that people can get smarter. We're not here there for you, you to delude that because you are in your feelings. That's way too much oh, energy didn't say for that. that. Go listen to something else. There you go. Oh, Change the channel. Look, sorry, sorry, all right, I have sorry, one more. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, to Karen. All right, uh, Frankie from Elm, Elm, Elmhurst, Illinois. Uh, like you said, Jay, gun violence in America will never go away, period, full stop. You know, unfortunately, I think that is the truth. And if you listen to the show, you know what time it is. <laughs> Online radio at its best. All right, folks, we have come to the end of this one journey, but don't worry, five minutes away, you're five minutes away from another journey. But right now, let's close the book on this particular part of the journey. It's time for our final thoughts. Ladies are first. And uh, Momo Beezy and Heezy, thank you for doing what you do, for hanging with us today. And give me your final thoughts. Oh, my final story is I just want to make one thing clear because earlier yes. when we were talking about abortions, he was like, "Oh, you, 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 you saying the opposite of what you just said." And the, my point to, for saying what I'm saying is this: Yes, if something happens to my a person in my family and they feel like they want to do something, it's my family's business. It's not the government's right. business to tell nobody right. what to do in my family. So that was the whole point. Mind your business. Let me handle this in my house. That was it. Oh, oh okay. Is that your final thought? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Well, thank you, Momo B, for, uh, 
Yeah, short and simple, straight to the point. Stay out of my business. Got it. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome is free, man. Final thoughts. All right. Well, I, I have a couple. Since, since um, LES is not here, um, take your butt out to vote. <laughs> like I was, I, that's a paraphrase what he says. I know he says that a little different. <laughs> Just butt involved, go out and vote. Um, from my standpoint, first of all, hey to Vanessa and Kathleen and uh, Momo B's here. So shout out to Momo B and uh, Mariana. I sometimes forget to, you know, um, give a shout out to the ladies. So I want to make sure I say that. Um, I Last weekend, I spoke in Atlanta. I won't tell you where I was and did a retreat with another college um, in the Adirondacks. And one of the oh, things wow. that, yeah, that one of the things that those college students, you know, kind of threw out there is that they are not getting good information. So all of those mm. sessions always go well because they are really asking people to tell them the truth. And since, you know, one of the comments was, why should you listen to the show? I, I don't know. but I, Because my goal is not to... Um, it's, it's not a goal of mine. I'm saying that you, you can. You could ask Jay. Jay would have a better answer for you. But we, our job, just as we get older, as elders um, in our own communities, is to try to keep people as informed as possible. Because fear does not exist. Fear is your mind um, coming to the conclusion that it ran out of options. So the only way to get over fear is to have more information, and I'm encouraging people to get more information. It will stop you from being so doggone fearful and to running like the world is going to end tomorrow. So we have, a, we have a job to do. You have a job to do. And so feel free to handle that any way you want to. Sorry for taking up so much time, Jay. You're up. No problem, man. No, no. And another no, no. You're another, good, man. All right. You're good. You know, we're, we're coming up here real soon. Hey, listen, you know what? What Jerome said. That, those are my final thoughts. And on that note, Mr. Yeah, Jerome is free. Bad. Yes, sir. If it is Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always, and I hope you just take this information and run with it. So for Mama Beezy, Mr. L.S. and my main man, Jerome, I'm Jay Riles saying have a wonderful work week. Enjoy your Sunday. Remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the Jay Riles Show coming up next on the need-to-know basis with that smart guy, Mr. Jerome Esprit. I'm going to work. We'll be right back. Woo! Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good and If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what it do, baby. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.
The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to to the flag of the United States of America. time it is. <laughs> For all the need to know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome, is free down. Full disclosure, I didn't know what that was. Let me play it. And uh, wow. Okay. So right, Jerome. Right. It was like, listen. <laughs> like memory yeah. lane, right? <laughs> it was like, why we at it? We got time. Exactly. Hey. All right, sir. Uh, This is your territory, so what are we doing, my man? What you got going on for this uh, segment of the show? All right. You know, before I get into the news, I I do want to say this about um, Clarence Thomas from earlier today, where Uh Clarence Thomas felt like, what did you say? I forgot the word that you used. Clarence he said, said that there's a stain on the court, and, you know, and it's oh, intolerable, it's like, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Okay, so if you heard me call Clarence Thomas a stain, let me tell you why. Clarence Thomas' wife was calling um, Mark Meadows, who, who was the yep. chief of staff for Trump, doing the insurrection, trying to get them to overturn uh, an election. He, his wife yep. was an insurrectionist. And yep. he's talking about a state on the court while he won't recuse himself from any of this stuff, while he's mm. messing with voting rights and all this other stuff. He's pushing an agenda that his wife is lobbying for at the same time. Yep. So you tell me where the stain is. You're doing. Okay. I don't know who's doing who's bidding. I don't know if she's doing yours or you doing hers. But Clarence mm. Thomas is the last person that anybody yep. could ever feel sorry for. Yeah, I agree. So. I don't it's even really believe cookie. in doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't even really believe in doing stories about Clarence Thomas because of that. Yeah. His wife is lobbying behind everybody's back to overturn every doggone thing, and he acts mm. like, "Oh, we're above the fray." They should be taking yeah. this out because he, now he's acting like he's scared. You know, I'm scared for my life, but you cannot play victim when you're being that damn evil. Like that's that's problematic. Hey, Jerome, oh, okay. and don't forget yes, sir. the fact that this clown, he was the only one who voted against releasing those records. You tell me where integrity is. You tell me where the stain is. The only yeah. one. Come on, man, yeah. stop. He did not stop. want to release the records because his wife was one of the people who was calling yep. the White House constantly. Preach. Preach. So you want to talk about integrity. Um. His name better not come up. <laughs> you weren't near it. I know, right? <laughs> that, that's all I want, want to put that out for the record because I know, you know, when people hear these in sound bites, they're like, oh, he's a black Supreme Court justice and y'all going against him. Yeah. Fairness yeah. is fairness. There now, you go. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said it because you're right. There's so many people that look like us. Oh, he's black. Y'all come out against him? Man, stop it. He's yeah. black and he's black and look. He's black and cover only. Deep down inside, he's an Oreo. <laughs> Stop it. Right. What is it? Yeah. He's not even black and name only. Well, because Clarence yeah, there is, it is. Pretty black. But <laughs> like well, yeah, yeah. Don't Can let you, that. Do you get that? Clarence. Yeah. Yeah. That, that ain't not Robert. Yeah. Clarence. Yeah. Don't let Clarence. We need to change his name. Let's, let's do that. So on this show. He will all. He will be now. 
be known as Robert Thomas. <laughs> there you go, Robert. Yeah, Robert. So yeah. So Bob. Because we're going to give him a short Bob, version okay, of that. That's even better. There you go, Bob. Bob Thomas. But Clarence? Clarence? Yeah, because Clarence. Hey, Clarence. Clarence ain't doing him no justice. <laughs> I know. Yeah. My Uncle Clarence yeah. rolled over in his grave. Because my Uncle Clarence would pick peaches, would eat pecans, and he would sit out there and smoke and drink. And, boy, you got this dude with the yeah. same name? No, thank you. So you're you right. Know. No problem, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Clarence Car- right. Carter singing We Be Stroking. That's a black guy. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, yes. Yes. I, I just said, you got Clarence Avot, the black godfather, if you've never seen yes. that documentary. Yes. Yes. Clarence Avot's black. But both Clarence's, yes. I never see them swing so far uh, away from black people. I'm sorry. Clarence. All right. Uh, yeah, you know, I had to get that up. I had to, I had to let that go before we started. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. We right. needed that. Now, our our first story that the mm-hmm. U.S. You know, I, I, we may have missed this last time, but the U.S. passed um, one million COVID deaths. Now we know that yeah, that man. number is still a under is a undercount, but right. um, President Biden acknowledged um, the black hole in our hearts from the families of those that the country has lost. But deaths right. have fallen thirty three percent over the last week. Um, as the virus receded a little bit, but um, the president appealed for a renewal of international commitment to tackle the virus um, as he made that milestone. And I think they flew the the flag at half-staff once they hit a million of recorded. Okay. Yeah. And again, we know that there was more than a million, but that is the official count that it hit a million deaths total. Jesus Christ. All right. Now, um, I don't know. You know, we didn't talk about this, but remember the one, the, the white woman, the guard who broke the white dude out? Yeah. You know, and they just killed herself? Well, here's yep. what happened just before they um, caught up to her. They started okay. releasing news stories that the colleagues have voted prison guard Vicki White employee of the year for the fifth time and she was set to be honored this week before she run on she she went on a run with her inmate lover. That's how they describe yeah. the white woman who broke the guy out of jail. Her right. her lover. You see how see how light that is when white folks have yeah. like you know, you break out a stone cold killer and it's like they were lovers. It's like yep. me and my friend broke the law. So Alabama, Alabama jail de- deputy Vicki White, um, they said, was about to be honored um, as employee of the year for the fifth time, and she was about to retire when she helped um, Casey Cole. Casey Cole, um, I guess I don't know if his last name was White, but helped them escape prison. White, yeah, it is. Prison. It was. It was. It was White. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, yeah, maybe they cousins. They kissing cousins. Why ain't why ain't do it from that angle? <laughs> I gotta live with that story a little bit differently. But now okay. they're saying that she ended up committing suicide or something when they caught up. Yeah. So again, I'm not even vested in this story. This this has they're trying to clean her up. While um, again, if they, if I guarantee you, if she would have broke out a black inmate, that story would have looked yeah. very different. He kidnapped her, and she couldn't live with herself, so we should feel sorry for her, you know. 
They would have they would have ran with that someplace else. You don't believe she committed suicide? Well, I don't know. I think that the guy who was with her was she she may have. She may not be she probably didn't want to go to jail. I mean, uh-huh. she had no real good reason, so maybe she did. Right. Or maybe he killed her. Know. Like, right? Wow. So maybe he forced her or blackmailed her to get out of there and be like, oh, she committed suicide. We don't know. He was with no, her. So. You're yeah. right. So that, 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 I'll wait for yeah. um, Lifetime to do the story. Because you know how that's going Yeah. Like. Absolutely. Does a story. And it'll paint a whole new picture. Yep. Killed, what, 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 what was that guy in jail for? Murder. Okay, then. Pay closed. I solved it. Yeah, was not um, remotely in there. I'm sorry, he wasn't remotely in there for anything nice. He was a. Right. I don't know how many people he killed, but yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, well, so, yeah. anyway, next because that's a, that's a closed case. I don't know how long they're gonna dig into it. No. Give me some money. What'd you say? They need to give me some money because I just solved the case. <laughs> right. They didn't have. They didn't even have enough time to go on TV talking about if you've seen these couples. But hey, wait a minute. But you noticed that they didn't kill him either. They was mm-hmm. able to take him without incident. Uh, yeah. You know how that goes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And he had weapons. They, and they had all kinds of weapons in that vehicle too. You're right. Yep. Yeah, they only uh-huh. seem to kill black people. Um, with their hands in the air, so that kind of tells us a little something else. Yeah. Else about that. Get me started. Wow. Yep. So all right. So there's a new app that offers uh, a free digital avatar. You know, it makes you like a cartoon and has okay. facial recognition. The app is called New Profile Picture App. Do not get that app. The Russians are keep getting your data. Is what they're saying. It's they're taking what? all of your personal data. So they're telling everybody, do not do that app to make a profile picture of yourself. Because the Russians are getting your information. Oh, just wow. saying. We're just saying. Huh? You don't use those I apps. Said, oh, wow. Yeah. The, the company is denying any wrongdoing. And they said by agreeing to download the app, users are willingly sharing their location and details about their device as well as their photographs and their social media feeds. So where's what they're saying? They're not doing anything wrong because they're telling you that they're taking your data. So since they're telling you, then technically you can't complain. That's the moral of that story. Yeah. All right. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So I know every time I look at these stories, it kind of makes me laugh. I'm like, okay. All right, now Finland's president announced um, – their bid to join NATO, despite Putin threatening, threatening right. um, yeah. that the, com- the country has made a mistake. So they had a joint news conference in the presidential pre- palace in Helsinki, that's in Finland, um, to, um, to join NATO. Now, I don't know if Sweden is doing it, but Finland... Yeah, I think Sweden's the it. other one, too, right? I thought it was Sweden as well. I thought Sweden was, was trying to... Because yeah, both of those are borders gonna... to Russia, right? Yeah, I thought they were coming in at the same time, but yeah, they didn't, um, yeah, they didn't say that um, officially that 
Sweet, um, that they have come in, that Sweden has come in. But Finland shares about an 80 mile border with Russia. So Russia is right. concerned about it. All right. Yeah. Now, yeah. the Supreme Court ruled that being drunk is a defense for sex attacks and killing. So, now, Canada's Supreme Court is off the rails, too, by the way. So the judge acquitted a suspect who stabbed uh, who stabbed a mother because he thought she was an alien and he, while he was high on pills, and a naked man who beat a professor with a broom when he was on mushrooms. The Supreme oh Court goodness. of Canada said the defendant accused of violent crimes can use self-induced extreme intoxication as a defense. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine how that would go? It's like, you know, with that song, I, I get high just to get by. With song. Can you imagine <laughs> that plan? Does everybody sing the theme song when they go to court? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just because you're high, don't be Yeah, in Canada, it's a defense now. I don't think that's going to ever make it here, but good luck no. for you guys who want to try that. Yeah. All right, so. Right. Fast food chain McDonald's is under fire for its um, for its reliance on antibiotics that's used in beef. Um, so critics were warning that it's contributing to a public health crisis. So McDonald's vowed four years ago to um, publish plans to reduce their use of antibiotic drugs and fears that the practice is putting, you know, many people's lives at risk. So if you know if you get a lot of antibiotics in your food, then technically right. you're going to have some resistance to antibiotics. So just like in milk oh, okay. and all those other people don't realize that they're getting resistance to antibiotics because they're using it in the livestock. So, um, oh, okay. so the people who are complaining said that the company has not fulfilled and honored its promise. McDonald's is one of the world's biggest buyers of beef, and its influence on the use of antibiotics in the farming world is substantial worldwide. So it says, uh, McDonald's is saying that its commitment to an overall reduction in the use of drugs is committed to it. But get this, the World Bank has warned that um, the entrenched resistance of antibiotics could cause up to 10 million deaths a year by 2050 unless more is done to combat drug-resistant superbugs. That's what they think is going to be that high, 10 million deaths a year. So the economic impact, they say, can be as bad since 2008 financial crisis. We don't really think about antibiotics like that, but, yeah, antibiotics, having too much in your food will make you resistant to just regular antibiotic treatments. Um, for for anything, for any kind of, um, you know, bacteria growth in your body would be bad. All right, wow. now, now D.C., this is the District of Columbia, is saying goodbye to the Trump Hotel. If you didn't know, Dotart. <laughs> About time. Yep, Dotart's name is officially removed from the old post office building after losing $70 million over four years. And the Wardrop Astoria is preparing to move in. So workers did remove the Trump lettering from the hotel in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday. Um, they sold it to Hilton. 
Hilton Worldwide Holdings. So Hilton owns the Waldorf Astoria. Again, hence why Paris Hilton didn't get her butt arrested when she was in Vegas with cocaine. Because they own everything. The Hiltons. <laughs> I just want to well, put know, that out there. How much money did you say it was? It, it lost again? $70 million over wow. four years. Wow. Yeah, that, most of Trump's stuff, like, that's what his problem was, is that they were losing money all over the place. He wasn't that rich to begin with, um, but he was losing money. And, um, you know, those having, um, you know, foreign powers or, or dignitaries stay at his hotel when they wanted to come to Washington, he, they were pretty much making them go there. But they were losing a ton of money because they couldn't get regular customers. Wow. Yeah. Who was that? One of them, um, I can't remember what congressman did a fundraiser there. They were trying to appease Trump. They were marking up their prices, but they were losing a ton of money. Yeah. And I remember I talked to some Saudi businessmen, like, uh, bought, like, uh, floors and rented out floors at one point, right? I saw it. And the floors were empty, but they bought them out. But the people weren't staying there. They were buying them out just to spend the money with them. Just to get, get, and it is like, that's what we call bribery, (laughs) that they were trying to get close to Trump, right? Yeah. Yep. Now, a California man was sentenced to four months in prison for smashing multiple panes of windows uh, in the Capitol building on January 6th, um, 2021, um, during the incident. Um, they were trying to prevent Congress from confirming President Joe Biden's election. So this guy, right. Hunter, I can't think of the guy. Okay, so his last name is E-H-M-K-E. He was 21. He has to pay $2,821 in restitution to pay for the damaged windows. Um, and that's according to a statement Friday from the U.S. Attorney um, Office out of District of Columbia. But in 16 months, um, since January 6th, more than 800 individuals have been arrested for crimes related to the breach of the Capitol, including 250 individuals charged with assault or impending law enforcement. Um, so some people are still being charged and being brought up on charges, but they're up to 800 now. They need to get, oh, wow. you know, Mark Meadows and all of those guys and Giuliani. They all yep. need to be in that. They do. I still say they put them off the hook. Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. It really is. Yep. I still say they need to need to come get them and um, set an example because you have somebody trying to overthrow the government and you guys are letting them off the hook. And I again, I blame Merrick Garland and the Biden administration. White folks do not yeah. like charges against white folks, no matter what they do. They keep saying yeah, we stuff like we need that earlier. What'd you say? Okay, we were talking about that earlier about the uh, Mary Garland and that whole thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they can unseal those records from the Mueller investigation and charge them with that stuff. Because Mueller said it's not my job to charge them; it's the Justice Department. So the Justice Department goes in there, sees the evidence, and they do nothing. You know. Anyway. Yeah. We won't all have a heart attack over that, but it's just the land that we live in. Right. Now, a Denver judge 
denies a motion to dismiss um, Dominion's director. Now, if you don't remember, Dominion is the company who made the voting machines. And so remember Trump and those guys were saying how they rigged the machines and the software was faulty and they went through that whole thing. So they sued the Trump campaign um, for um, defamation. And they still tried to get it thrown out. So this week, the the judge said that there's no constitutional value in false statements of fact or the deliberate spread of dangerous and inflammatory political disinformation designed to sow distrust in the democracy in, in democratic institutions is what the judge wrote in his 136-page opinion, and he would not throw out their um, their case. Trump's going to have to face the music on this one. They're going to try to buy him off, but they kept saying that those machines were bad and that they cheated, and they sued everybody. They didn't just sue, sue the Trump campaign. They sued, like, Giuliani. Um, yeah. What was that crazy party that he had? The the uh, release the, the crack woman. You remember? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot who you. T- yeah, yeah. I know you talked, but I can't remember her name. That crazy woman. But they um they sued them all. So they're like, if y'all gonna, that's how laws work. If you you know put out bad information on people, they can sue you. So Dominion is still going after them. They like you. I agree. They're not they are too. I'm glad they are. I'm glad. My pillow guy, he's in trouble, too. My pillow guy, that guy, you know, man, he's struggling. He's also in the lawsuit, too. I forgot I saw his name. The My Pillow guy. (laughs) That is funny. You know, they got these little Trump dolls and all that stuff now, too. These folks are crazy. Yeah, I don't don't get it, man. I don't get it. (laughs) I, I get it. It's the reason why Jim Jones existed, so I guess he's the new Jim Jones for them. You, you know what's funny? That's exactly what I said a few years ago. I said I can never understood, understand why people would do what they do, but then again, Jim Jones had people drinking Kool-Aid, so you're absolutely correct about that. Yep. He, he didn't even put no sugar in it. He was like, look, it's just Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas 
in Dallas, Texas. This is on Friday. And wow. They were looking for the young couple's nine-year-old daughter, the eight-year-old was, and uh, the mother answered the door <laughs> to confront the child. And I know this is Sunday, but I'll, I'll bleep it out so that Jay doesn't have to later on in life. So, because uh, you know the black woman cuts out, right? So yeah. the mother answered the door, and they said the child was upset and um, planned to attack her daughter. So she said, the mother comes to the door and said, little boy, you better get your ass up off my porch <laughs> before I call the police <laughs> beating on my door like this. And then, I mean, it's actually a video. And then she says, I will call the police. Uh, you need to leave. And don't you ever beat on my damn door <laughs> like that again. <laughs> like she cursed uh, him out. And it's unclear uh, why the boy for the little girl who hasn't been named. And what he was planning on do if he found her. So they went to the little boy's house, the white kid's house, and his father says, well, do you have um, any proof that it was my son? They said, we got him on camera. <laughs> and he had nothing. Wow. Again, you're breeding little serial killers is all I want to say. Get some help. Yep. I'm, I think we need to do a public service announcement for people who are feeling in their feelings from us doing these stories. These stories are true. You, what was that old, um, what was it, Dragnet? The names have been yeah. changed to protect the innocent. Protect the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can get on your feelings all you want to do. To be up in this space. So... <laughs> Just so you can get over your own feelings, don't get hurt by these news stories. Cause just because you're not getting them on Fox, believe me, if it was a black kid, it would be on Fox. But uh, now, absolutely. hundreds, yeah, hundreds of Western volunteers uh, who fought the Islamic State in Syria are now on the front lines of Ukraine. Now, Americans, Brits, and Canadians are amongst a host of fighters who have decided to risk their lives for foreign people in the front lines of another war. So some have become official members of the Ukraine military, and others volunteer, like, they're volunteer combat medics. And uh, many say they felt compelled to help in the face of what they claim inaction from the West. So they had these exclusive interviews with a British person, an American medic, um, and they said they have been up. They set up what's called a Nightingale Squadron uh, to ship medical supplies and to teach frontline aid, work, age worker, aid workers how to use them. Now, I'm only doing this story to say because it proves my point that when you have a war, some people don't care who you're fighting, and we need to deal with that. They just want to go fight and kill somebody. You have people mm-hmm. who are just like that. So they left one room right. and was like, okay, let's go over here and start killing other people. Again, this is the part of America or just society that we don't like to deal with. But yeah. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, they're I not agree. just going there to help. So I was asked by, you know, um, some of those college students just stuff about wars and Ukraine and what what did I think about that. And I can tell you that whether it's Bosnia, Herzegovina, or in, European countries have been taking and fighting and taking each other's lands for eons. 
It's not even provoked. So for us to jump in a war that Russians are fighting Russians seems a bit overblown because um, we have to take a side. Oh, we're fighting for democracy. If they take us, they're going to take you. They were always Russian. I was just watching yep. The Equalizer with Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, the first one, when they were like, they're Russian, oh, yeah. he was like, I'm from Ukraine. And I started yeah. noticing that. Most of the time I watch mo- movies and the bad guys are from Ukraine. And I'm like, wait a minute, but aren't we helping them fight Russia? Oh, wow. It's weird, right? I didn't, you know worked. what? And that's one of my favorite movies, man, because I watched that movie. I, I never, you know, I'm going to go back and watch it as soon as this is over because I never noticed that, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, wow. it's weird. Like, not just them. Um, I think in the in um, that movie Taken. In Creed, is, what about Creed Two? In, in that guy from Ukraine? Yes. Or no? Yes. Yes. Most of the time, if you look at Hollywood, most of our bad guys who are Russian are Ukrainian. Wow. Isn't that weird? That is so crazy. That is crazy, right? Right. So now wow. we have this open border policy that not again. This is not a political statement. I'm just being an observer. But most of our movies are saying that. But now we have this open-door policy that we need to let all the Ukrainians in the country. I mean, we have Ukrainian churches around here for years. I'm not saying that Ukrainians are good or bad. I'm just saying that we made them to be the bad guys. And now we are scared of Haitians but letting the Ukrainians in Ukrainians in here. It's like... Man, I'm tripping on. I'm just tripping on the fact that you just pointed this out, and I'm thinking he's right. I'm I'm thinking of movies now. I'm like he is absolutely correct. Ukraine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. Most of the movies we have Russian adversaries. They're Ukrainian, and they always say I'm from the Ukraine. They always say that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Wow. It's a That's crazy. It is it. Like when you see that. <laughs> That's like, crazy. Why is that? But yes, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like Ukraine, Ukraine. I think in one of those um, um, uh, Mission Impossibles, I think that was. I mean, yeah. When you yeah. think of it, it's like wow. He gets absolutely. I, I didn't Mission think about Impossible that as well. Yep. I, I just while I was having that conversation, the Equalizer came on, and they were trapping this trapped women, and he was like, "We're from the Ukraine," <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, Hollywood, wow. right? <laughs> so, yeah, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Now, cool. uh, uh, Georgia... Cool the Game made a song about it. Sorry about that. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Cool the Game made a song about it. Hollywood? My bad. Go ahead. <laughs> Hollywood swinging? <laughs> yeah, Hollywood swinging. <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah, so you just cue that up on the board. <laughs> no, uh-huh. we, you know, you can't do that. Because um, who does that joke where... Um, when people hear music, it, it stops their train of thought. That would definitely happen. You put Hollywood Swing it on. That's a party song. Yeah. For us. You're <laughs> right. It'll stop everything. You're right. We used to do that on yeah, that show, put, man. We'd do something like, oh, stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we forget everything that we were talking about. Listen to Hollywood Swing it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, a Georgia sheriff's deputies have been accused of racial profiling after some body cam footage showed them. I'm rifling through the bags of an all-black women's lacrosse team from Delaware State. Oh, wow. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. There's footage of it. The footage contradicts what the sheriff claimed, that the athlete's bags were not searched 
after the team was pulled over on um, Interstate 95 in Liberty City on April 20th. But the body cam posted by Delaware Online on Wednesday showed that the moment that sheriffs stopped the bus before yeah. uh, one officer with a canine gets on and searches the vehicle while the others say, there's a bunch of dag schoolgirls on on the on this truck. Probably some weed is what they what the quote was. So the officers then proceeded to search through the player's mm. bag and came up empty-handed. And um, so, of course, the university president said, "We do not intend to let this or any incident like this pass idly by. Uh, we are prepared to to go wherever the evidence leads us." So the school is going to sue them, but. A college lacrosse team full of black women and the policemen came on the bus and then said, oh, no, we didn't search them. They pulled their bags off the bus and started going through their bags. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Again, like I said before, it's it's more of an issue of us understanding that white folks' pathology in dealing with black people, they need to deal with themselves because why would you think those girls would have it's a college bus of course you can't smoke weed because you cannot play uh college sports if you drug test you know with weed i mean with any kind of substance they don't let you play college sports so just because they were black yeah who stopped who stopped a bus a, a, a team bus like that no man, but you know, I, I guess. But I guess if you look at it from this perspective, maybe they was watching Bel Air, man, because you know, Carl said he plays on the, on the lacrosse team, and that dude is stupid on the Bel Air. Bel Air. About hey, digress. <laughs> yeah, you digress. I don't watch Bel Air, so I didn't see that. Oh man, I never boy, watched that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I, I don't, I don't yeah. know what Carl's doing, but I'm yeah, not giving well, him he's no doing out. drugs. <laughs> he's doing Carl's drugs. Doing that's drugs. for sure. He's okay, doing drugs. Um, he's on a lacrosse team. My goodness, it's hard. <laughs> I didn't think yeah. I would like a drone, to be honest with you. But I, I'm, 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 I'm in. I'm all in. I mean, I can't stop. I can't wait to season two. It's crazy. Ugh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, since you don't usually do this on your show, I'm going to do this for the white folks. This yes, is sir. a disclaimer. That was a television Uh-oh. show, or it is a television show. We're not talking about real black people here. We're talking about a TV show. Yeah, true. Yes, yeah, sir. yeah, because you know how people can they they'll mix those up. It's like, yeah, I heard him say that Carlton, <laughs> like, like <laughs> he was playing lacrosse and he had drugs. It's a TV show. Now you want to know it's a TV show that's off the rails? Have you ever watched Mom? No, what is that? Oh my God, you never watched that with Allison, Danny, and um, Anna Ferris? And no, no, Jerome, no, I, it's. You know, to be honest with you, man, I don't really watch a lot of TV if it's not news. But I just, I don't know why I call it with Bel Air, but yeah. But no, I just see it. Is it on Netflix? Where is it? No, no, no. It's on, well, it's syndicated now. They just went off the air. They probably did six or seven seasons, right? And I'm always fascinated by by it because it's about um, Anna Ferris's character who was a stripper did drugs, is an alcoholic, and they, they all kind of meet in rehab, talk, talking about stories about how they used to rob and steal. And it's a sitcom. And it's wow. funny how white folks normalize their dysfunction. <laughs> there could never be a black sitcom 
with some ex-crack addicts joking about being on crack and and sleeping wow. with people, sleeping with anybody at a drop of a dime. But those women, it's a sitcom. And so I'm fascinated oh. by pop culture like that. So it's not just that. Oh. It's like watching Half Men with, um, what's his name, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, you know what? Right? You just took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to say that. Wow. Yeah. So when you watch that stuff, you, you don't see how that normalizes for white folks and be like, oh, he's a lovable, he's a lovable drunk. Right? Yeah. Charlie Sheen is off the rails, having sex with hookers. He got cocaine in Vegas. They find him butt naked using, you know, calling the police officers the N-word and stuff. And he still was on Two and a Half Men. He never got fired from yep. that show. Nope. Never because did. they normalized that behavior in public. But, you know, the police will pull over a, a, a bus of college students and every racist stereotypical trope that goes to their head, they feel like they can mistreat black women or black mm-hmm. people. So they just go ahead yep. and brought the dogs in on the bus, went through their stuff. Um, wow. Went through this one girl's bag, and there was a package in there. And she said, "I don't know. It was a gift for my aunt." And they made her open it, and it was a empty, um, it was an empty case, like a storage case, like a jewelry case. And um, yeah. I think it was a either a Bible or something like that in there. And they oh, thought, wow. "Oh, was wondering what was in there. They thought drugs was in there." So anyway. Yeah, it's it's this wow. thing that when people you know write into the show or call or or send messages and think that we're being biased one way or another, these are the stories that you yeah. don't hear. Exactly, and that's just the point that we're making. Again, and personally, yeah. I don't care, but I'm just trying to help Jay out. <laughs> I'm doing a little you know, public hey, <laughs> for, for Jay. Yeah, I don't care. What right. I don't care. Right. Care less. Yeah. <laughs> so three Louisiana state troopers were arrested and charged this month with a simple battery after violently arresting a black motorist two years ago. So in their body cam footage obtained by AP, um, the three troopers can be seen on top of Antonio Harris, who's the motorist, uh, followed by a high-speed chase. Harris had surrendered himself to officers, but they continued to slap, punch, and knee him multiple times. So the troopers, Jacob Brown, Dakota DeMoss, and George Harper, um, faced misdemeanor charges for the incident after local prosecutors dropped the felony charges of malfeasance in office. So all three white officers, they dropped them down to misdemeanors, but they did charge them. Is this a win or not? I don't know. I'm, I was throwing that out to you, Jay. But since they since they dropped the felony charges, I guess they felt better with the misdemeanor. I don't know. Now, um, okay, so Miami cops um, hunt. Okay, so here's the story. I was I was gonna do the story, but I figured I, I'm gonna save that one for later. But they have a this thing that says that middle age dating is a superpower. So there's a story about this divorced mother of three who's 51 who reveals how sleeping with eight men a year that she met on Tinder helped her get over a heartbreak. So the mother of three who endured a messy divorce at 47 
then slept with eight Tinder dates in a year and documented it in a memoir, says that dating is her superpower. There's a lot of stories in here, and uh, just so that Jay's not getting too many letters, I'm going to ignore them right now. We're just going to move on to another story, just in case I missed them. All right. Now, um, last week I didn't do the story, but when um, there's a story about Oscar winners living longer, they're saying that people who win Oscars um, um, that are alive today are expected to die at 81, while the um, co-stars will only live to 76, according to a study. I don't know. Universities have a lot of time on their hands. So researchers for the University of Toronto created a model based upon analysis of 2,111 actors who were nominated from Oscars for Oscars from 1929 to 2020 or appeared opposite um, a nominated actor. And they're saying that people who win Oscars live longer than people who were uh, who were just nominated or their co-stars. So I guess um, winning an Oscar does help you in the, in the long, in the long, not only do you get more money, I guess you live a little bit longer. All right. Now there's, um, there was a story about more than 50, 150,000 indigenous children were forcibly taken from their families and placed in residential schools across Canada from 1863 until 1970. And a system was created by the Christian churches and the Canadian government in the 19th century in an attempt to assimilate and to convert indigenous youngsters into um, Canadian society. So the children were first forced to cut their hair. They were banned from speaking their own language. And many were both physically and sexually abused. So an estimated 6,000 children are believed to have died at the schools. And the system was a large result of, you know, um, Canada's Indian Act, which was um, passed in 1876. So... They're recently, you know, kind of going back, trying to do some cleanup work. But this is the church that's now starting to report on, um, you know, how much, you know, how much damage they did and all of these other things. Now, in a related, unrelated story, you know, campaigners <clears throat> who successfully got a girls' school closed in Missouri um, now wants to affiliate affiliated boys school closed now there was this agape boarding school um in stockton missouri has long been accused of abusing boys in his in his care the long-term school um doctor david smock who's 58 is now charged with 15 sex crimes including the attempt to sodomize a 13 year old in a shower so amanda householder whose parents worked at that school is leading attempts to close down the school, which is located on a 200-acre ranch. She said that the fact that the school, the boarding school is still open is beyond infuriating, um, is what she um, told the Daily Mail. Um, the school says on its website, we only work with boys who are struggling, so we strictly maintain discipline and security. But um, Amanda Householder was 
instrumental in having her parents arrested for their abuse at the girls' school, and now she wants the associated boys' school clothes. So she is out there doing work. That is just another thing that's going on in the world I thought we might um, put out there. Now, Zach Krugman, who's a former director of data science at Thompson's Reuters, and Reuters is where we get, you know, our news feeds from, so he's just a reporter. He claimed that he was wrongfully fired from his job after sharing his research on race and police killings with colleagues. Now, in the post he shared on the company's internal social media platform outlined that his research showed that unarmed white people were more likely to be killed by cops than black people um, and that Black Lives Matter movement allegedly caused the deaths of thousands. So the Washington Post, which has led an effort to document fatal police shootings, found that in 2015 that 3,024 white people have been killed and 1,596 black people have been killed by police. Now the findings highlight that black people were disproportionately affected by shootings as black people only make up about 13 to 14 percent of the U.S. population. But Krugman said the rhetoric was incomplete, and uh, when he tried to prove it, he received backlash from his fellow um, white coworkers. Now, here's what I want to say about that story: is first of all, Black Lives Matter didn't kill nobody, and it's interesting that white folks want to make Black Lives Matter a hate group. Black Lives Matter was a group that was trying to bring awareness, just like um, what was Occupy Wall Street. But it's interesting that since there's no black organization that compares itself to the Klan, that actually hates white folks and they go out to try to kill what people are really quick to take nonviolent entities and try to make them appear to be violent. So here is where the crust of white supremacy lies, is that you have some guy who is at Reuters, a legitimate news organization, trying to pull, trying to prove a theory and trying to use data to back up a theory, which he doesn't even understand what Black Lives Matter is. It's like when someone talks about critical race theory, that they don't really even know what critical race theory is. They now kind of frame it as um, teaching anti-white stuff. And that is racist. So it's really interesting. Um, you know, I would have normally ignored this story. But, of course, they're reporting the story like this is valid. Nobody says that police kill more black people than white people. They kill them disproportionate to the population. So black people make it killed four or five times more than a white person does. But when you throw out raw numbers... That's not for you to say, oh, well, since white people are getting killed, it's okay that y'all get killed. Black people are being targeted. And so this guy, Zach Krugman, whoever he is, do not listen to him. Whether he comes out with a book, whether he goes on Sean Hannity's show or whatever, always people who have these fake um, credentials, you know, a Ph.D. from MIT, giving you nonsense. So he tried to put out there that Black Lives Matter Killed, um, killed people. So even though the white supremacists ran over people at a Black Lives Matter rally, 
then they're going to blame that on the black people who are who are protesting peacefully. That's what it sounds like to me. So on that note, you know, I sent some... Um, Dre dropped off a little bit. I'm just going to do a couple more news stories, and then I will check in on you again next week. But, you know, we just didn't want to just drop off and not do any shows. But I think he just got dropped, unless I got dropped too. But he also just got dropped. Oh, you still here? Yeah. Okay. I I was going to say, I thought you got dropped off of the thing. When I heard the bed leave us, I thought maybe you got dropped off the show. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm in the house, okay. man. All right, we'll be good then. Okay, so I, I don't know if um, um, how much of that last last story you heard, but um, they have a so so I'll do the next one. But you know, there was a decorated Air Force general who was found guilty of sexual assault for forcibly kissing and touching his sister-in-law, and he's oh for He's forced to forego a monthly $10,000 pay for five months and will be reprimanded. He forcibly kissed oh. his sister-in-law. So Major oh, General uh, William... Uh, 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 Air Force General is making $10,000 a month? We'll pay hey. Where is this? <laughs> what? I'm about to enjoy the they Air Force. Got, they're I don't think they're making that kind of money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is. <laughs> $10,000 a month? I don't know if that's right. Listen, nope, I'm sorry, I'm going to correct it. It's not $10,000 a month. Major General William um, Cooley of Ohio, 56, is ordered, was ordered on Tuesday to forfeit his $10,910 monthly salary oh. for five months. Wow. He makes $10,910. Oh is that right? That only, well, I mean, I haven't been in a long time. That that's a lot of money. Uh, Look, wow. Well, I guess I... if you a month, I guess five. Yeah, I guess so. You know, they get get B and Q and all this other stuff. But maybe, yeah, go ahead, man. I'm looking at pay scale up as we speak. <laughs> I'm like, what? Look, look, I, I'm looking. I'm looking up how to enroll. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 positions open? Like I can join uh, the Air oh Force. my God! What? It, it works Well, it doesn't matter what. No, it doesn't matter which service. It just the pay scale is the pay scale. Right, but still, wow. Wait, that's, so that's interesting. But but that's not a okay. So I'm I'm only asking, but. Does that work across like military branches, or is that specific to yeah. a, a specific branch has a different pay scale? No, it, no, they they should all have the same pay scale. The insignias are different, but they all should have the same pay scale. I mean, uh, yeah, they should all have the pay same pay scale. I, I don't. I'm looking it up now, because <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because you it's, the department, it's the Department of Defense. It's it's the Department of Defense. Right, I would think. So yeah, I, yeah. If they were making more money, I'm man, I'm hot because I'm like that's crazy. I I don't think I think they all make the. I think it's it's the pace because it's based on like if, if you're an enlisted, it's E1 through E E9, and then if you're in the Air Force, it's O2 to you know. You know, oh six or oh seven or whatever. So, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're an officer or I don't know, man. I'm I'm looking it up though. Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I'll um, let you know in a few minutes. Gracious, wow. I'm gonna finish. 
I'm going to finish, like, filling out my application online, so I'll just hit enter yeah. when you tell me to do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no <laughs> I problem. My, <laughs> I got my finger on the inner key. I'm like, wait, okay. Hey. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going for. You know, yeah. I, again, I didn't know that yeah. was a thing, so I was kind of kind of taken yeah. by that. Okay. Yeah, let's see. We're going to have to do a little research on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm doing it now. Hopefully I get it done before the show ends because <laughs> I'm looking at this now. And, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to pull up the, I'm trying to pull up the offices. It, it, it brings up the enlisted. I'm not seeing the officers, but but go ahead, man. I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, no, no, no. I'm saying that that's the point, right? So they don't let you know what the officers make, but the enlisted people. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm clicking on it. It's not working. I don't know if it's my, I don't know what's going on here. That's crazy. I know, I know what's going on. That ten thousand nine hundred dollars a month they make it pay a little bit more security than we thought. Well, <laughs> well like, okay. So they get like oh look, then the site just went down. So they get so in the military you have a base pay, and then you get paid steps by years of service, and then you get paid for the number of dependents that you may have, right? And then you oh. get paid what they call basic housing allowance. And then you know, so mm-hmm. so those, and then then they give you cola, uh, for you know, clothing. They give you clothing allowance. Then they give you the cost of living increase. You get that adjustment every. So 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 maybe. I mean, after you add all that stuff up, I mean, you get a lot of. You know, you get a lot, man. Because you get for dependents well, and you get money to stay. But if he lives on post, which he probably on well on base. Then you don't get that allowance. So don't worry, I'm I'm hot on the crack staff is on it, Jerome. The crack staff only needs to know basically we are on it. Because either a I'm putting in my application or I'm about to date somebody who's in the air force. <laughs> I'm like I'm like Y'all find me near the air force base. I'll be there um, Friday around six thirty. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Applebee's, like we're going to be yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I ain't going to the Air Force. I'm going to the Army if they let me back, but I ain't. Uh, I ain't. Oh, yeah, well, I, I well, I'm not going to do whatever. I just said I could be support staff because technically, <laughs> if they give it up ten thousand a month, I'm sure uh, yeah. they have they have some technical assistance that they need. I can help manage uh, their data security. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, um. Mm-hmm. Now. Now that I say that, now I have to retract this because this next story that I'm, I'm about to read. All right, so <laughs> Miami cops are, like, on the hunt for this woman who's, like, a watch thief. Like, they saw her um, on surveillance video. Again, now, this may sound like a story that I've done before because it keeps happening. Mm-hmm. This woman sold some watches worth $200,000 from a luxury apartment. They belonged to a man that she met in a Miami nightclub hours earlier. And then the woman can be seen on the elevator um, at one of the condos in Miami, um, Florida, you know, vaping, smoking smoking one of the vape sticks and stealing $2,000 in watches from the resident, from one of the residents. So it looks like I won't wow. be at your local Applebee's. <laughs> like, I can't trust. <laughs> well, I don't have no $200,000 watch that you know of. Because I ain't wearing around you around you ever. Oh, oh, <laughs> like anybody who's doing that. Oh, oh. I'm not flashing nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm don't flash anything. Look. Oh, my Jay, God. 
Jay, I'm going to yeah. be there and be like, if you want to get in on this two for 20 at Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, bro. I'm in. Look, but but I, I tell you what. Not, I, go ahead. You're not what? You're not what? I, I said, I'm not going out of my way to splurge on nothing. I just see how this is going down. <laughs> well, 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 Jerome, if you join the Air Force, maybe you can. I just pulled this up, man. So it uh-huh. is saying that the Air Force officers, the salaries of Air Force officers in the U.S. is a range from $21,000 to $561,000 a year with a medium salary of $100,000. 57% of Air Force officers make anywhere between $100,000 to $264,000 with the top 86% making over $500,000 a year. Oh, my God. Um, wow. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, hold on, Jay. I need to hit enter on my computer. Hold on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I am shocked by that. Man. What? Oh, my goodness. Okay, well. I, I got out too fast. <laughs> oh, my exactly. goodness. Somebody, somebody, you know, see, everybody else runs commercials. You know, join the Marines. Wow. You, know, you can be. Oh, you know what? I I vaguely now do remember some Air Force commercials. I think I'm about no. to start paying attention to them. Yes. Wow. Yes, yeah, unbelievable, okay. man. I, I, I'm i yeah. shocked. I mean, you know what? Hey, God bless all the stories you told today, but this is the one that's going to resonate with me the most. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm shocked right. Right. by this. Right. Right. Hey, I was going to wow. say, next, next week's show... Will we will be uh, broadcast? What do they do? Boot like uh, boot camp? Well, it depends. <laughs> you, well, you can go. You know, you can go to uh, San Antonio, Lackland Air Force yeah, Base. It, it just depends. You know, my goodness. I, I was just thinking that we'll be broadcasting from San Antonio next week. My <laughs> <laughs> God, man, I am shocked by this. Man, I'm thrown off by this for real, for real. I mean, what? <laughs> I, I, what? Oh, yeah. Wow. Hey, when wow. LES comes back, he's he going to wonder why we all in San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, why y'all got on fatigues? <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. man. We back, hey, bro. I'm, wow. Yeah, we had to do what we had to do. I'm just going to say. Apparently, you're, apparently, I was wrong because it's asking. So, the, the highest paid officers are in the U.S. Navy. The Air Force is six with the Army being five. So, I can't wait to see what their salaries are. I mean, this is nuts, man. Wow. What the Navy get? Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. look it up. It just said the top. It said the top. The top ones uh, Navy? Yeah, it says the top, you know, the top services that pay for, you know, you know, the top top uh, military branches for, for military for uh, officer pay. The Navy's number one. Okay. And and, and, right. and, the Ar- and and Air Force is like six or something after the Army. So I can't wait to see what the Army, I mean, my goodness. Jeez. Hey. Okay, I, I guess I see why people are gun ho to go to war now. <laughs> it's like they get Dude, it's the Navy. Check this out. The Navy, the Coast Guard, the Marines, Army, Air Force, and then the U.S. Space Force. That That's it. That's the ranking. Wait a minute. You said the Coast Guard? Okay, number one is the Navy. Number two is the Coast Guard. Number three are the Marines. Number four, Army, Air Force is five, and the space and the top and to round it off, it's the Space Force. 
Yeah, they need to dissolve that damn space force. But anyway, go to a real branch. That's that Trump thing. There you go. Space force. There you go. Uh-oh, we're on the countdown, man. We have a minute left, right. dude. Hey, I got nothing. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And, uh, again, broadcasting live from San Antonio. We'll see you doing um, the next, what is it? Um, <laughs> Palapalooza, Burning Man, um, Coachella, something. We're going to be down there, San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, we go to Central and our camouflage. There you go. There you go, Will. Oh, y'all man. Next. All right, man. I appreciate you letting me tag along, man. Folks, hey, appreciate man. you, hey, as man. always. And uh, it's All always right. fun. All right, guys. We'll see y'all hey, next week. Later. <laughs> see you next week. All right. <laughs>